Brandon Staley. Bye-bye, buddy. It's good. Rip Get Bozo. ready to learn Chinese, buddy. Yeah. I, I don't even know where that dude gets a job next year. Uh, he'll be a defensive no. coordinator, and it'll be fine. For a I mean, bad he, team? I, I mean, huh? yeah. What? Because what good team wants him right now? Well, I mean, he's technically a defensive coordinator who coached the Super Bowl. Like His players don't like him. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to dive into that. We got a whole bunch of stuff today because I, well, some good things happened for me personally this uh-huh. week, as you guys are all aware. Uh-huh. Um, actually, we all had a good week. I, I didn't even so. think about that. This will be the first time in a while. Where we all got a dub. Uh, and none of us are happy that the other two teams won, really. But, I mean, I'm happy your team won. Shut we'll up. talk about why in Shut just a up. Um, No, we got to get into that. Uh, we got to get into the uh, the same old Cowboys. Gotta, we got to get into that one. Uh, we're all happy about that. And, oh, my God, the Raiders. So, Woo. we got a whole bunch to unpack in the next two hours. Lock it in. This is Sportsify. Jameson, hit it. This is Sportsify for December 21st, 2023, with your hosts, Matt Novak and Grant Hawker. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Sportsify. Matt's slow, so I'm taking over. Why the heck are you starting the show? Because I felt like it, because you didn't have your script up, and I do. First up, it happened, y'all. Goodbye, Brandon Staley. <laughs> Finally. It's a, it's a pause for celebration. Yes. Uh, we've Can been calling we, uh, for it for two years. We might need to uh, bring the council together and decide if we want to change Ooh. the Matt Canada Hot I was going to bring that up, dude. To the Brandon Staley Hot Seat Award. Because there's an element of him being on the hot seat longer because Matt Canada went out. It's true. But also, like the the epic fashion that that Brandon Staley hung on to this hot seat is is impressive. It is. So I mean, uh, uh, well, okay. Let's save the debate for when we get to the segment. Fair, I suppose. Fair. But Brandon what Staley. What is the segment now? We don't have Canada or Staley. Well, I we we still had it named after Canada. So I, we'll I know, get there. I know, it's it's I know. in there. It's I in know. There. But still, I'm just like the excitement. There's some luster that's gone. But I also am really looking forward to talking about why he got fired. Yeah. Um, we're going to get to it in just a moment, like, and really run it down. But genuinely, hilariously, uh, Brandon Staley had to uh, coach a game without Justin Herbert and uh, got more than exposed. Well, I would say... Holy it, crap. It, I, I think we all picked the Raiders to win, but we didn't expect this. No. Like, I don't think anybody can be like, oh, yeah, I saw that coming. No. Losing by, like, was it 40-something? Like, 63 to 20, whatever it ended up being? Yeah. No, it was... I don't know. I, the, final, the, the final irrelevant, because all we need to say was that the Raiders scored 63 points on defensive so, guru wait, wait, Brandon wait, Staley. Wait, wait, wait. The 2023 Raiders <laughs> scored... The team who, who lost a 3 to nothing game the week before. Scored 63 points. 63 freaking points. It was ridiculous and dumb. I was and, uh, not watching that game by design, and I saw the score when it was like... Was it, this is Saturday 20, night, yeah? Was this a... Wasn't this uh, Thursday? This is Thursday. Was this Thursday? Yeah, this is the first Thursday. game of the week. Yeah, because he got fired on Friday, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Because I woke I, up and sent the text on Friday morning. <laughs> yeah, I had caught the score, yes, it was and I Thursday. was like, oh, wow. I don't know the, why I thought different. The Raiders are uh, kind of running over the chart, and it was like 21-0 or like 28-0 or whatever at the time. 
Um, and then I did not check the score until the Raiders had 63 points. And I was Dude, like, in yeah, well, awe. yeah, I think uh, they didn't score a touchdown until the third quarter. Chargers didn't. I saw it when it was, I think they had scored their first touchdown. I think, I think the Chargers had, and I'm like, well, but I'm not watching this. But also, just looking here at this, that this like box score here, Aiden O'Connell, man, 20 for 34, 248, and four touchdowns. Yeah. What a year for the backups, just to continue that. Like, yep. this is the year of backups. Oh, yeah. And we're going to touch on that oh, in yeah. a moment, too. But uh, no, he, he had a really good game. I mean, this one got away from them quick. It, it, there was just nothing happening. You, you've never seen a team look less prepared uh, than the Chargers did coming out of this. I watched. A good amount of footage, uh, breakdowns on this on Friday because I was like, how in the good Lord's name did this happen? And it was one of the ugliest things I've ever seen. I mean, just linebackers basically not shifting their feet, um, you know, following running backs when it was clear counterplays, like uh, staying back and just letting themselves get hit rather than filling gaps. Um, You know, that, that stood out massively and we knew they had bad linebackers, but like corners just getting beat. Every single play. Also, I, th- I, mean, I just want to say, speaking of so corners bad. on the opposite side, that Jack Jones pick. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that was, was that was, that was awesome. Like yeah, I watched it in slow motion. Nothing, right? Like, oh, that was awesome. Yeah, it was it was intense. And and uh, mind you, too, Raiders put up sixty three uh, without Josh Jacobs. Sat mm-hmm. out of this game. Uh, is, is it Z- is Zamir? Zamir White uh, can- comes in. And uh, fills in had a Averages nice fourth? fantasy game if you subbed him in there for your uh, Jacobs at the last second. Uh, but no, they just they literally beat them in every phase. There's no like 400 yards of passing or you know th- 200 plus yards of rushing here in terms of yardage. Like genuinely, the Raiders just outplayed them and every in level. every level everywhere. I mean, it was like, field position. It was a Devontae couple of Adams turnovers. Only had one on one yards. Yeah. Like you would expect a score like that. Him like to have 200 yards. Yeah, no, kind of I, yeah, and nobody else had more than fifty nine yards. Mm-hmm. Um, no other receiver, sixty nine yards for rushing. Like, yep. yeah, for, yeah, your lead rusher had sixty nine yards. So it was just sixty three points because everything went their way, and nothing went the way of the Chargers. And so Brandon Staley gets fired. Uh, the epitome of hilariousness in the NFL and guys just not giving a crap was Austin Eckler. By the way, in this, I think it was beginning of the fourth quarter, uh, got a first down on like a nothing play. Uh, oh, his yeah. team was down by like 35, and then does 40 a first points down celebration. and does a first down, like toss down the field, you're like first down, sticks his arm out. And you're like, Hey bro. It's, like, it's the, it's that meme. The Chris Paul drains a three to, to, to shrink the Cuts score the to 42. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huge yep. to 42. Yeah. I, it was the same scenario. I mean, in, in football terms, you are done. You shouldn't celebrate anything. No, you are trying to get off the field as fast as possible. Yeah. Honestly, at that point, just don't get hurt. Just don't get hurt. You got to play football uh, we next do, week. We do got to talk about it. We, we bring this up often. Is there a potential uh, fraud alert on Austin Eckler? Uh, no, there is a career ending uh, like abyss that he's about to walk into because that dude cannot run. Like he literally is yeah. so slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has lost all of That's the mustard. I mean, he's done. It's he's Austin Eckler has had a good career to this point. Has scored a lot of touchdowns in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Caught a ton of passes at the running back position. Um, Bro's got stats for days. I mean, he really does. 
uh, you know, we're looking at it right now. Almost 40 touchdowns. He's 39 right now. Six years. Uh, In six years. Yeah. I mean, dude's got 4,200 total yards uh, on the ground. Um, You know, he's caught 429 passes in his career, and he is ready to take a walk uh, because he is himself irrelevant. This this feels like a Todd Gurley kind of thing, like just all of a sudden just doesn't have it anymore. Well, Todd Gurley it, had a degenerative knee condition. That's true. That is true. Sure, but the overusage of him, the overusage, but I'm saying the way that Eckler, all of a sudden he has it thing. one year and then he just doesn't, like like a cliff kind of a deal. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, as soon as we saw that clip of him running it down the sideline, like top speed, sixteen miles an hour, I knew it was over. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, like, you don't you just don't do get that in the speed. open field. You don't and, get you don't get speed back. Yeah. Yeah, I know it's it's gone. I mean, you you just you can see it in the way he's playing. I but mean, eight thousand total yards yeah. receiving and running, but they're not mathematically eliminated yet. By the way, I I was just looking at that today, but they're they're done. Yeah. Um, we have a lot have of some big. They have some big decisions to make because they have some. They have two of the largest cap hits in the league. Khalil Mack is at thirty something plus million in the cap hit. Keenan Allen is at like thirty two million dollars on his cap hit cap hit. So they have a lot of decisions they're gonna have to make and. This yeah, and, and there's not different. a lot of wiggle room. No. Like, uh, when it comes to their how they could structure that, um, you you basically are just taking the lesser of two evils here. Like, they can cut both of those guys and pay one of their contracts. Yeah. I'm just looking at that. So, like, if they cut both of them, did a June 1st designation. It's, and it's, they, it's probably going to be Keenan Allen? Uh, I mean... He's, he's the older how, of them. No. Khalil Mack is still, like, pro- producing. Yeah, a lot of it has been garbage time stuff. But yeah, but when... I, and I, we say this every year about Keenan Allen. When he is on the field, holy crap. No, I, I get that, but I'm yeah. just thinking like... If you got to cut somebody, yeah. It, it's probably him because they, they, they've got... Not say Flowers. They should have had say Flowers, but they got well, some other younger guys they probably want to try and build up. And and I know I know when we get to it, Michael definitely want to have that conversation because we'll, we'll, we'll do an episode post-Super Bowl where we, we talk about um, where we talk about like uh, salary caps and where everything's yeah. headed uh, pre- the draft uh, and Michael kind of update us on some details and we'll do a little bit of a deep dive there. But yeah, that team's got a lot of decisions to make some big stuff that happened this week. A uh, perfect scenario happened uh, for the 49ers as they had already taken on the one seed, but shared the same win loss. What's that? This is a catch 22 for me. It's it it was, it was quite a funny thing. I mean, I ended up being a Seahawks fan for the second time this year. Um, But uh, the 49ers assume the one seed, and I'll talk about why in just a moment. Uh, the Ravens take another step forward as the one seed in the AFC. Handled business, both of them did this week. Uh, the Ravens took down the Jags 23-7, uh, to uh, just giving further, uh, I think, validation to Jameson's point and our discussion about uh, benching Trevor Lawrence and the fact that they, the Jags should have done it to make sure he was 100 it was like the Joe Burrow thing earlier in the year. Absolutely. Just, yep. Uh, Same injury, I believe, too. Yeah, should have done it, and and now they're paying the price for it. Really couldn't get that offense going. Um, didn't seem like Lawrence was on the same page on certain plays. I saw Ridley run routes the wrong direction twice uh, in this game, um, and uh, they just did not look ready for Baltimore, and Baltimore seemed to have them spinning, shutting down the run game and just clamping down whenever the Jags so did good. have a couple of good plays. Ravens are so good. Ravens are Ravens are doing well. The the issue for them, however, unfortunately in this game is that Keaton Mitchell goes down with a severe knee injury, which have they released the was it ACL MCL full? 
Uh, I, I was assuming it was based on. I I believe the look. so. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the clip is not fun to watch. No, it's bad. I don't. We we talk about it on here. Like uh, I don't love watching injuries. So like, uh, if you want to go look that up, okay. <laughs> if but you don't want I don't to, just imagine it. like an ostrich walking. You know. <laughs> yeah, it was that, that it was really bad. Or if you've seen the viral clip going around uh, Instagram the last two weeks of the guy jumping off the house onto the trampoline and both of his knees going the wrong direction. Uh, that's a fun one. That one's much funnier to watch than Keaton Mitchell. There, but there, there, they lost another running back is what I'm trying to if, say. If you get draft, like, drafted as a running back for the Ravens, hold out. Force a trade, bro. Because there has never been a healthy run. Like, last four or five years. Brutal. There has not been a healthy running back to come All out. All like they a, do over there is take away your ACL. I mean, I don't know what geez. it is, man. It's in the water. It's not the field. It's been freak yeah, things. They, they it's, been, it's been a helmet to the side of the knee twice. I like, mean, it's it just freak stuff. But like, sucks. Gus Edwards has been down multiple times. Most of the guys in the preseason and training yep. camp. Dude, and don't be a running back. And by yep. the way, uh, Gus is going to be the lead back again this next week. Wouldn't start him against the 49ers, but. Um, uh, especially if the 49ers get Hargrave and uh, Armstead back, but we'll get some other injuries in just a moment. But for now, Ravens uh, looking good uh, front and back as long as they can figure out that run game. Uh, I did notice Lamar had to do a lot, ran for over 70 yards in that game. Uh, but the Niners uh, end up taking the outright one seed and now have a game up on both the Cowboys and the Eagles because them boys got the crud knocked out of them by the bills uh real bad and it wasn't uh it wasn't josh allen having to be the hero for once like literally that team goes as he goes game in and game out but for once and mike and i had a long talk on the phone he will not be joining us tonight by the way Uh, by the way he's uh he's got stuff going on but uh we were talking about on the phone earlier this week for once the bills have a rushing attack Holy cow. James Cook with 221 total yards, 179 of them coming on the ground, and two tutties. Uh, just was everything for this team and made that Dallas Cowboys defense look awful. Uh, and, and all credit to his offensive line in front of him for making it happen, too. Because while Cook is a good running back, he was basically having to do one cut and goes. I mean, it was open lanes for days, and they took advantage. Just looking at their last two games, though, that's two games that Josh Allen hasn't had to be Superman for them to win. True. Hasn't had to be Superman. Uh, Defense clamped down uh, pretty well in both of these games. Also, uh, they've given up 27 points in the last two games. The Bills have 10 to the Cowboys, 17 uh, to the Chiefs. Uh, they're, They're playing good football at the right time. This is a team we thought might be dead. Well, I believe they were when they were like five and five, they had like a forty percent chance for the playoffs. Yeah. And and genuinely, you know, what has what they tell you has sparked it was the stuff about McDermott a couple weeks ago. Uh some reporter digs up the whole like uh, the whole thing, which is horrible. We're not gonna we don't need to revisit the whole thing. <laughs> but he did look talk it about up. look at look up Sean. I'm just gonna reference tactic. it. I'm gonna reference it. We're not gonna deep dive what he said. But like he did say out loud to his team that those individuals who orchestrated the 9-11 tax, uh, attacks uh, was like a good uh, team effort team effort, and <laughs> use that as his analogy on good teamwork. Uh, he has already apologized and apologized for that four years ago. 
Um, but we we uh, we had it be a big deal here a few a few weeks ago in national news. Um, but they were like, "Hey, this is old. This is garbage." And they went and defended their coach at the microphone. And then all last a couple weeks, all of a sudden, it's a genuine team effort over there. I also want to say they are getting healthy. So th- this is a team that's not can, in, enduring a whole bunch lost. of injuries. Yeah. So, uh, but they took down the Cowboys. I mean, 31-10. Uh, Dak had a bad day, 21 for 34. Uh, no touchdowns, had an interception. Uh, lucky he didn't have another one. Um, and, uh, you know, really the Bills just took command, kept command of this game. It was never, it was never something the Cowboys were in. Mm-hmm. You, you take away the first five minutes of the game, um, and uh, you, I guess you could, you could give them that, but uh, the Bills just controlled uh, time of possession. Uh, field position battle was theirs the whole time. They got two tough tests here coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Bills are, Bills are running, running to week 18 uh, with some difficult. No, uh, sorry, I was talking about the Cowboys. Sorry. Well, everybody at this point, like, that's uh, a Bills got. Oh, my gosh. I'm looking at that. I'm pulling them up right now. Yeah. Bills got Bills got Chargers, Patriots. Those should be winnable games, and then the Dolphins to end yeah, it. They've end got that's true. They got the tough one at the end. I uh, Cowboys got to play the Dolphins, right? And the Cowboys got to play. Yeah, they're playing this week. They got the Dolphins and the Lions. Yeah, Lions. Oof. I do have a question I mean, for you guys about this Bills that's a, Cowboys. That's a game gauntlet. I'm that. just uh, this this gauntlet the Cowboys went through. Like that's that's quite a bit. They got yeah. the Seahawks, and that was a tough tough game. Eagles, Cow- uh, Bills. Dolphins, Lions, yes. like that's a that's yeah. My, when we were going over the New York, uh, you know the the New York stuff the, a couple of weeks ago, the New York Post article or New York Times article, sorry, um, Mike was highlighting this five game stretch over and over again. He's like, the Cowboys haven't played anybody, what? but they're about to, and he's like, guys, it's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, he but was they, not I mean, wrong. they still did get two two good wins here against yep. the, the Eagles and the Seahawks, so that that gives them some time, but they. They got to win out to have a chance in the playoffs. Well, yeah, and that's that's why the question I have about this game for you guys is, does this say more about the Bills or more about the Cowboys? Because like you said, we've kind of been mm-hmm. talking about it all season. Like, yeah, sure, you can only play who you're scheduled, but the Cowboys haven't necessarily been dominant against, like, great football teams. They've, I mean, again, you can only play who you can play. Uh, and then the Bills kind of seemingly out of nowhere, seeming to peak. So, like, who do you think this says more about at this point in the year? I, I think it says a little bit... I think... A I think little so. bit about the Cowboys. I think, I think more a about, lot the about the Bills. I think more about the Bills. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the, the Cowboys uh, were coming off the, the high of beating down the Eagles, uh, you know, in the, in, in the week prior. And the Cowboys just haven't played consistent ball at times. Um, you know, noting things like the Arizona loss, for instance. Mm-hmm. Just a random, why the crap did you lose that game uh, early on in the season? They they have played well against teams they're supposed to play well against. But, like, when they're playing above 500s, they are not c- playing consistent football. And um, and this team sometimes lets, uh, lets other teams score more than they should. Uh, their offense will go off on a week and then just kind of flame out. And so it just says, hey... There's still a lot of question marks here with the Cowboys when it comes to their offense. Uh, can they continue to produce every single week um, against a decent or top tier type defense? Can they can they really come through? Um, you know, they I would say they have uh, not uh, been able to put up more than you know 20 points against good defenses, like yeah. really good ones. Um, so 
that's what it says about them. Just question marks. Can they do it? Type stuff. Uh, so it's just unanswered stuff. But the Bills, it says a lot about where they're at right now. This is what you want to be in football. You want to be a team that's taking off in your last five games. This rings of of uh, the Rams getting all that momentum towards the end of their championship the season. The Bucks getting in. Uh, the Bucks are doing it right now again uh, with Baker uh, having his best uh, maybe game ever of his career this week was the well, NFC I mean, Player of the Week. Literally call Tampa. it perfect. Well, did you yeah. see the the stat that was floating around? That's the only perfect yep. game by a non-Packer quarterback and Lambeau ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was mm-hmm. Baker yep. freaking Mayfield. Dude, they <laughs> might they, they they probably have their guy signing with the, three this or four was a guy. Deal, this was a guy that's, that's who what I would the Rams this was a picked up to yeah. just kind of finish the rest of the season for us. And now he's like, okay, you know, maybe they have something there. It's well, it's crazy. Not, not not even that, but if you look at, and I'm sure maybe you guys have seen it, but. They show his stats of Brady last year. At this point last year, he actually has better stats than Brady did his last year. And Brady, his last year wasn't as good, but like 20, 24 touchdowns, whatever his passer rating is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Brady I had a lot of empty yards last year. I think that's the only yeah. thing that he pretty right. much clears Baker in this year. But yeah, it's, yeah. it's very close. Yeah, and some, and that might be all you need. Granted, their defense isn't as dominant as it was when Brady was there. But like still, like substitute that in. They're... I mean, they didn't. They got into the playoffs what eight and nine or whatever last year. Is that what they got in mm-hmm. at? I think it was eight and nine. Yeah. So yeah. it's like yeah, they're one of the sub five hundred. They're yeah. they're basically lock and step with where they were last year with Baker Bayfield, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So when, and and I want to validate. I wish he was here for us to validate him. But Mike said this three weeks ago. He's like they have the easiest route, and they have won a game or two that we didn't think they were going to win. Now and they're going for it. Again, I want to want to highlight the Bills are doing the exact same thing. They just they beat the Chiefs. Um, they beat the Cowboys. Uh, this is is a team that's just catching fire. We were, we saw this schedule coming for the Bills, and we were like, "Up, oh, this is it. They ain't making the playoffs." Maybe McDermott's on the way out. We were literally saying this three weeks ago, uh, before these two games in particular. There was still a ton of doubt, and I think I think it just validates the incredible job that the coaching staff is doing. The offensive line is playing lights freaking out. Uh, absolutely. Uh, and they have finally found the run game to support Josh Allen. Uh, they just need to not turn the ball over at this point. And that team is going to be dangerous. In no, the one would love to, no one wants to face them at this point. Like in the no. playoffs. No. And we're, and we're going to talk about some teams we don't want to play that people don't want to play today. Mm-hmm. Um, but this would be right at the top of my list. If I'm in the AFC and let's say I'm Miami. Um, I don't, I don't want none well, of that. The Bills routed them. Yeah, I don't want none of that smoke. None. If I am, if I am the Chiefs, um, and the Bills are making it in as that the Bills won by twenty eight seed, whatever. First time they played them. No thanks. Absolutely not. Don't want none well, of it. And especially if you look at it, especially if they may have to go play them back to back too, because the because the Dolphins Bills play right. each other. It, that is a it is a scenario that, they could play, where they could play those back to back. That's never good. It's never fun to do. Um, you know, the, I, it's happened. Uh, we, we're all NFC West fans, so we've seen it happen with our division multiple yep. times over. Um, and, uh, it's, it's never a fun thing to have to play a divisional team three times in a row or uh, three times in a year. Um, you know, uh, but they, it's also one of the hardest things to do is to beat a one team three times in the same season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Matt knows. Yep. Yep. Happened last year. Um, but no, I, I think, it presents a really interesting dynamic the Bills do 
heading up towards the playoffs. Because, again, division leaders, we're talking the Dolphins, we're talking the Chiefs, we're talking the Jags. Okay? If the Ravens secure that one seed and they go in, that's, that's who they could potentially be playing. I don't think that the Bills are going to be playing for the division uh, against the Dolphins in Week 18 on January 7th. I don't think that's where we're going to be. Um, Dolphins would have to lose they, out. Yeah, Dolphins would literally have to lose out to lose it uh, at this point. Um, so I, I, I don't think that's what's going to happen. But Wait, if you're oh one of those, goodness. that might be that might happen. I got the Cowboys, Ravens, and then Bills. I mean, okay. So let let's say it does, or let's say it doesn't though. And the Bills have to play one of those teams. If you're the Jags, the Chiefs, or the Dolphins, you want none of that in in the wild card round. That is a setup. I mean, a hundred percent. The Jaguars right now are not healthy enough to handle it. The Chiefs are floundering. They're gonna go into the playoffs and win the AFC West because apparently the Broncos don't want to. But like genuinely, I I just I I can't again. Don't think a divisional team wants to see them uh again in the playoffs. So. Dude, no thank you. The bill, the bills are hot. The bills are a thing right now. Um, and barring a significant injury uh, in a few different places, uh, they they look like a team that can make a good run. I don't see them winning the AFC. I love, and we all agree on this, love the Ravens right now. Um, and I think we would all probably elevate the Dolphins over the Bills still overall, depending on the health of that team. Yeah. Um, I got some notes on that in a moment. But... Yeah, I mean, this is, to me right now, it's probably the third best team right now. I'd elevate them over the Chiefs in the moment. Um, just because the Chiefs got too many question marks and can't play consistent offense. Um, but, yeah, like it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good team. Um, the other game that happened that benefited, uh, we were getting to it here, uh, the 49ers uh, securing the one seed uh, in the NFC was this incredible game. On Monday Night Football. And I'm I'm just going to say it was tw- it was 17 was it 17 10. Yeah. In the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden this guy who started almost I, he had one game this year, right? He started against the 49ers. Yeah, a lot of the week before. Week before uh due to uh Geno Smith's groin injury. Comes in and uh, and and I'll I'll talk about his post game comments in a moment. I I have a little bit to kick into that, um, in a positive manner, um, but Drew Locke, uh, Grant, like, holy crap, had one of the so, best drives. Well, so so it's actually if you want to look at it in its totality, it is the best drive of the Seahawks season because it was the longest. Yeah. It was the longest, sure, longest drive of the season. So. Um, Pete Carroll actually called their drive before the Ken Walker where they ran the ball like 12 times on there and got yep. their touchdown. He actually called that their best drive all season. But that's Pete Carroll because he loves running the ball. Um, so I'll be honest. I was sick on Monday. So I was watching it. I was like in, in my chair just watching it, giving almost no reaction the entire game. I was just watching it. I'm like, I don't feel good. Uh, this really is not going my way. Ever since that opening drive where they marched down the field, like, oh gosh, what was it? Like eight minutes, it took eight minutes off the clock. Um, I was just like, this is how this game's going to go. They go down there, they kick a field goal. Pete Carroll, like, I love him, but he, there was a moment where I thought he was going to lose us this game where they called the timeout and it allowed the, the Eagles to challenge a play that it was a sack instead of an incomplete pass because Drew Locke's knee was down, went down right before he got the ball out. And so I was like, oh my gosh, that just took away a chance to score. 
they ended up kicking a field goal. So they were end up being down by, I believe it was four. Because the, no, they were down by three. They were down by three. Because uh, I believe it was 14 to, to, to 17. And Drew Locke, man, like, I, I, I was watching this game. It came down to it. Drew Locke missed a lot of uh, open, like, easy plays, like some crossing routes and some running backs, like things like that. He put it just ahead of him all that kind of stuff. And so when he got the ball back with a, a minute and 12 seconds, one timeout because of some, some just some poor clock management by Pete Carroll in the game. Um, I legit was like, here we go. This is like, this is most definitely like the season on the line. Like, I know we've been saying it every week with the Seahawks and they keep losing, but things are going the way where they're not officially out of it. And, and what we had talked about, what I had looked at is if the Seahawks can win one of this one game of this gauntlet, their, their chances go up drastically. And I believe if they win this game, they're now sitting at a 55% chance to win. If they lose, they were at like, a, I think it was like 15% chance to make the playoffs. So this game really was season on the line. And then Drew Locke hits DK for 18 yards. Then he hits DK again for that amazing catch, pinned it to his leg uh, that was dope. on the third down, on the third down play. And then it goes to the third down again. And he hits DK for a 34-yard touchdown grab. And also, the, the part that I was most impressed on that play was that the, the, the ref called him out of bounds. But DK knew he, was not, he wasn't yep. and grabbed the ball and ran it, and ran it to, to, to the uh, ref to check it. Um, and then they're like, oh, yeah, he actually wasn't out of bounds. So his, his mental awareness of that, actually, I'm actually not brilliant. out of bounds. It saved the time. Yep. It saved them you know, probably six, seven seconds there. But those six, seven seconds mattered because then um, Drew Locke hit Jackson Smith and Jigba, he was one on one. Also, all of these, all of these catches were on James Bradbury. Every single one, all of them, all of them were. Uh, so rough day for him. But for some reason, they decided to go one on one game on the line. Single high safety. That's insane. One on one. I I and I and I made that remark in our our group yeah, cha- text. Insane. I was like, "What are you doing at the end of the game?" Matt Patricia to, had taken over calls. Mm-hmm. I don't yep. know if you mentioned that. While, while I, I did not mention that. So uh, Matt Patricia had taken over defensive calling, and uh, he uh, goes with a single high safety. Uh, Jameson, in your time of playing football and in my time of playing football, um, when the other team has to get 45 yards or more, <laughs> like um, I'm pretty sure that we had two, if not three safeties playing about 15 plus off the line of scrimmage. Is that about accurate? Yeah, usually you Depending don't want the, Yeah, you don't want them to get behind you typically in that scenario. Yeah. You want everything in front of you. Everything yeah. to be in front everything of you. Everything that it's literally the thing every coach tells you, like if you play defensive backfield, it's the only position I ever played on defense. I I never played up on the line, I never played any linebacker, corner, anything else. I played safety. Okay? I played free safety most of the time. I, there was one year I switched over strong safety just because of personnel, but like played free safety. And that was my job. It was my only job. Nothing gets behind you. Jackson Smith and Jigba is the guy that takes the top off the defense on this team right now. That has historically been Lockett. I would like, say it's DK. He's, he's the fastest. I, on, on, on a streak, on, on, on a streak play right now, you're watching for the, if, if you're watching for the uh, outside guy to go, like I'm not, DK is going to track two every play. So, like, that's where the safety went. I get it. But, like, you only have one other true speedster on this, uh, on, on that offense in terms of 
stretch the field right now. Lo- sure. I'm saying saying Lockett's not that guy. DK is going to go up and challenge. He's automatic. Tyler Lockett's more now kind of like, I'm not comparing the two, but like the Travis Kelsey, he's like finds the soft spots. He yeah. just sits there and just goes straight down. Like that's He's the, the old man on the field. Yep. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, but genuinely, like you have to watch for the speedster on the field. This dude runs... I mean, a four, 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 is he, four, four, I was going to say he's a four three eight, right? Something I think he's like a, I think yeah. he's like a four three eight, four three seven. Yeah, we always have two safeties back, and you're concerned about the two guys that can run. Yeah, period. And but, dude, like I, I, and when this happened, like, and by the way, I think like Drew Locke had two beautiful catches, and like they were, I mean, throws. catches, yeah, beautiful throws. Um, got you. But the JSN catch, like that fingertip grab in the rain. Game on the line over the shoulder. It was a buck. It, it was a bucket drop, like hundred percent. It was Locke's it was throw perfect. was gorgeous. But I, I think more impressive was the catch because because I if you've seen the stills, it's all fingertips. Not taking anything away from JSN. No. I was more impressed by Locke because he doesn't play every week. Yeah, no, totally. And that, that was just um, crazy awesome. No, I lo- I loved it, and I think like it it made me realize too like those are the only times that they went deep on and, and this entire game and that's what was frustrating to me watching this game like i was not having fun watching this game as matt that's what sure. i'm sure because like i was sick and just like they would they would run it first second down and then try and throw it I'm like right. could you be any more predictable that was happening yes most you could games. be the eagles yeah well it's true <laughs> but 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 the whole time like and like that's just how how p Carroll is. he does never he never yeah. trusts his backups to like make big plays and i, I understand that i mean it's the second game sure all that kind of stuff. but like Drew Locke does have an arm. We've never denied that. He, oh, yeah. No, we've always, always said that dude decision. can throw. You just don't know where it's going sometimes. Right. And, but, and but as dude, he's aging here, though, like I he, mean, that was finesse. It was it was beautiful. And, like, uh, that's, again, like, he said it in his in his posting comments. That's something he's going to always remember. It's, like, this drive, and he just made himself, like, that is a, that is a special moment uh, for, for, C, for Seahawks, especially with just the vibes being as down as they were, not even just with the Seahawks, but also with the Mariners and some of the stuff going on there, like, Seattle sports needed this win. Like, holy crap. So I, I want to say two things. One of the practical, uh, Drew Locke just made himself a nine, 10 year veteran. Yes. With, with that game. Yes. Because teams now look at him and go, that guy can go win a game. That's because it's not, this isn't Sunday morning football. This is Monday night under the lights in the weather, yards, the national audience, less than 90 seconds left. This game's being broadcast on three different channels. Uh, this is going to be the only football highlight that gets played on ESPN and Fox Sports and everywhere else. And he went and did it when it mattered. I mean, yeah. that is, uh, for to put it in a in a scope, like if, you, I, I, if you're if you an NFL films guy and you love watching like all the old Super Bowl tapes, um, The Drive mm-hmm. and, uh, and what they, and, and what 49er fans call The Drive, uh, those are both 93, 94 yards. Okay, so he did literally that equivalent with less time than one of those two I just mentioned. Yeah, it's an all timer. It was fantastic, and that's why I wanted to give a moment in the in in the front of the show here to highlight it and let Grant have that because that might have been your Super Bowl this year. Let's be, I mean, we're all all things know. that we'll that was probably oh, was the awesome. best finish you're gonna get on a Monday night game all oh, yeah. year well, uh, for like sure. The game, and the, the, the game was the a, Seahawks was great to to me. Like, and I, I won't go into too many details, but like this game was like the ultimate Pete Carroll game. To me, because of if you guys didn't know, like, uh, like his, his mantra is always compete. That's always his thing is always compete. And in this game, they healthy scratch Jamal Adams and Julian Love comes in and plays hilarious. Yes, absolutely hilarious. Um, get him off my team. Uh, so Julian Love oh. comes in and uh, has two picks, uh, seals the game at the end there. 
but he steps in and takes more saps. Tariq Wallen has not had a good season this year, and they benched him, and they had Mike Jackson, but they had a competition this week. That's what Pete Carroll said. They had a competition this week for this starting job, and Michael Jackson won it and actually had a phenomenal game. And like, and Julian Love did too. And so Love like, sealed the game. Love did, yeah. Love, love sealed the game. Love sealed the game. He had, he had that so, interception. That was that was a great interception. Yeah, too. and it also it was an interception. So shut your mouth. Oh my gosh! Anybody who says it wasn't, you're like, an Eagles fan. <laughs> yeah, and you're just salty. Yeah, by you're your just team salty because right your team sucked for the last three weeks. Um, but like this was the ultimate like Pete Carroll game where like the backup has to come in and win the game, and and Julian Love like comes in to take take the spot of Jamal Adams and. And Michael Jackson takes over Reek Wool and like all that stuff. And they and these guys end up being massive contributors for this team. And like I just think that it was an ultimate Pete Carroll game. When's it in the end? And again, I want to just reiterate why he legit made himself a nine to ten year NFL veteran just with one game because he's proved that he can be a backup quarterback and win in spots. Yep. And that's a huge deal in the NFL. Uh, you know, obviously you throw out names like uh, like a Josh McCown uh type or a Josh Johnson even. Um, you know, I, you, every, we all think of Ryan Fitzpatrick when we think of like backup quarterbacks that have even like had come Case in and Keenum. had a good season or a Nick half Bowles. season. Yep. Sure. Um, and he's putting himself into that equation, uh, where he's going to have a nice long career. I'm probably going to end up making an average of seven to $10 million, uh, for holding the clipboard, you know, for 14 out of 17 weeks. That's pretty stinking awesome. Good for him. I, uh, in the not so practical and emotional and and uh, and then I'll just say a nice thank you to the Seahawks as we move along. Uh, loved his post game comments. It was awesome. Loved everything he said. Loved that he embraced the moment. That he thanked his teammates uh, because the moment with Drew Locke and Geno too. Like when he beautiful. That, it was awesome. Beautiful. It, it is literally all the things we root for in sports. I hate the Seahawks with burning passion, but I was super glad for this guy to have that moment. Um, and I thought that that was just everything that we love about football yep. was his post game comments and how he again built up his team built up the coaching staff took almost no credit and just said this is such a cool moment for me to get to have and he understood like I'm not the guy but I'm a guy when you need me yep. and and he said he said basically those things so well and absolutely loved it good on him wish him all the best when he's not playing the 49ers and uh I loved it and again Thank you to the Seahawks because uh, they get the win and they get the dub and then Grant has to go, crap, now the 49ers are the one seed. Yeah, I, dude, there was a moment when like I thought we were, because I didn't think we were going to win this game. Just with the way we've been playing, I'm like, I kind of want to just lose this game to screw over the 49ers. Like, that's <laughs> that's how how bad the vibes it. were for me. I was like, you know what? I just, if I can just give a middle finger to the Niners, that, that there's at least some solace in that. Um, so it totally was a catch-22. Like, I would have had at least some some good out of, the outcome of the game. And this one was a little sweeter. I will say though. Well, the Niners, uh, and we're going to talk about uh, a literal Christmas present for all football fans is the 49ers are playing the Ravens. The two one seeds happen to be taking each other on same record. On, 11 wins on Christmas night, uh, five fifteen. the true Monday night football game. What if they lose is your Christmas going to be like, if the Niners don't win, say, say they come out and they throw a dud. All of my Christmas activities will have concluded by the time that game happens. So it'll have no effect. Like, I'll be fine. Yeah. It okay. won't have. Yeah. I mean, I'll watch my like kids Christmas open their mor- gifts and it was morning. I, I'd be pissed. Yeah. I, yeah. No, you might ruin it. But I know. I mean, me and the kids are going to open presents. You know, and, and me and the kids and Carly, of course, are going to open presents. We're going to hang out and then we're going to go see a movie that day. Oh, nice. Um, we always try and go see a family movie. Um, might do might do Wonka. 
my, maybe migration if the kids are feeling the, mm-hmm. the animated uh, thing. But um, so it won't ruin your Christmas. No, no, it won't ruin my Christmas. But uh, I it will go to bed nice. a little sad. Yeah. But at the same time, my team will still be the one seed even if we lose the game. So, yeah. uh, no, the Niners have that one. Um, they are playing the Rams uh, coming up. Uh, that's last week, right? Week 18, and we have yep. And we have the Commanders uh, in between those two. So the Niners need to win two out of those last three to keep the one seed for sure. Uh, could still get some help because of the Cowboys and uh, Eagles schedules uh, coming up in consecutive weeks here. But we will see what happens. I um, want to get into two other things. Uh, we talked a lot about injuries already. Highlighted, uh, you know, some backup quarterbacks. Two overtime games uh, this week. Uh, Minnesota, Cincy, and Houston, Tennessee had a total of four quarterbacks that have come in and replaced injured or ineffective starters. Uh, that was hilarious. Both those games ended up in overtime. Tennessee has been playing teams tough, got the dub the week before. Um, this time they fall to Houston, who had to substitute in for Stroud. And that defense did a phenomenal job uh, contending with uh, with Tennessee. Uh, Derrick Henry had the worst game of his career against that Houston defense. Uh, the coaching staff had those dudes ready to rock. That was impressive. He's had a lot of those lately. He has not had a great year. Um, the uh, they're playing in Seattle this week, aren't they? Correct. Yeah, it's Tennessee's playing Seattle. Yeah. So, um, but no, Houston came ready for that one, and then the Minnesota Cincinnati game was so interesting. I sent you guys a message at the end of the third quarter, I believe it was, and was like, "Dude, Brian Flores is." an awesome defensive coordinator. He's doing so well. Like, and I, I listed out some stats. I said some nice things about Flores and then the freaking Bengals and Jake Browning remembered how to play football and they come back, tie the game, send it to OT. And then Jake Browning goes on a personal mission, like genuine personal mission to beat the Vikings, a team that had cut him. Didn't seem to maybe do that in the nicest way. Uh, also, had to hear it from his agent. The team said, hey, we're going to try and sign you to the practice squad after they had to cut him on cut day. And they said, uh, why don't you go back to the hotel? We'll give you a call. And then they never called him. They contacted his agent and he said, has hey, every he's right out. to be upset. And he was like, what? They told me to hang out. I was going to make the practice squad and I'd go back and get my stuff and get ready for the season. Like he expected likely that he was going to end up on the practice squad and he had accepted that and he was good. Um, so pretty jacked up. So if you saw his... Uh, his scream into uh, the camera after scoring go-ahead points in overtime. Uh, I believe he said they should have never expletive have cut me. Um, and uh, he was a little, he was a little pumped up about that. Mentioned it on the post-game presser too. But uh, good for him. Again, an entire two games though, with all backup quarterbacks playing that tight. Uh, right now. We are currently, uh, because injuries are piling up everywhere, uh, this last week we had 12 backup quarterbacks start games, uh, the aforementioned Seahawks never included. Been, it's never been like this. It, I've never seen this many backup quarterbacks starting games, uh, and more than one. I mean, it's not like they just took a week off because somebody's in concussion protocol. Sure. Um, all that kind of stuff. Uh, this has been, uh, throughout the year, I mean, Jake Browning's filling in for the rest of the year. Uh, Vikings are on their third quarterback when Nick Mullins playing this week. Um, you know, Jets are four quarterbacks deep uh, already. 
they got massacred this week. Obviously, uh, we talked about it. Seahawks. Yeah, like theirs. You've got so many teams. Uh, Stroud's, by the way, is probably going to miss second week in a row. Mm-hmm. Saw that uh, come out today. But uh, Steelers, man, like it's just everywhere. And and it's not bad teams. These are good teams. We eight of those twelve teams currently are in the playoffs, or they are one game out. Well, and I think this is. I know. I know. We we've talked about the backup quarterback. We had that kind of backup quarterback episode and the value of that. Yeah. But this just shows that you need to be paying a dude eight to twelve million dollars for yeah. to 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 come in there and win you a game or two. Yeah, this is why Andy Dalton still is in the NFL. Yep. This is why Nick Foles has a job. This is why you pay somebody, um, you know, like Drew Locke to to be on your squad. Um, this is a real thing. Like you're gonna make the playoffs and have one of these dudes potentially playing for you. This is a real thing. And I mean, it, it, it may literally be for the playoffs. I mean, who has the better backup? Yeah, like I saw today. Um, that Gino's healthy and was a full participant yeah. in practice. He was close to going, and so they. It was great. Yeah, to he was him. active for that game. It was but great. Honestly, to give him that dude, week. I'm sitting here saying the same thing I said about Trevor Lawrence. You might want to rock with Locke one more week. I don't Just know. Let might... Gino get healthy. Well, but it's you're ha- playing Tennessee, and I know your run defense sucks. Like that's pretty yeah. obvious. But you're you're. I mean, Drew well, Locke so, didn't play bad so, against Forty Nine. So, so supposedly, supposedly the way it went is that he was actually like the the, the medical staff cleared him. That he was good, but they were like, if we can squeeze out another one of Locke. So it sounds like yeah. this was a squeeze out of Locke game. Like, Crazy give, that to, they thought to, they could do that against the Eagles. But. To, to give him that extra extra time. So it sounds like he, is, he should be like pretty good to go. Yeah. So, I, I mean, again, 8 out of 12, though, um, you know, of these backups that started this last week, those teams are within a game or their team is in the playoffs right now. Uh, you got wide receivers that have been going down. Jamar Chase. Uh, speaking of Browning and, and how well he's been playing uh, through, if you didn't see the T Higgins touchdown, holy crap, stop the episode and go YouTube that right now. That was incredible. You want like, some other entertainment? Look up his mom's comments on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. <laughs> if, if you want, if you want, I'm not going <laughs> to nope. say anything else. Nope. But there is some <laughs> entertainment value to be had. There, there is some great entertainment. But T Higgins, uh, who does surrender a ton of targets to Jamar Chase because yeah. Jamar's so good. Yeah, um, Jamar Chase is top three. T, so. T had some incredible catches yeah. after Jamar went down in that game. But Jamar's out. Uh, the 49ers, I mentioned, two Pro Bowl uh, defensive linemen didn't play this last week against Arizona and Javon Hargrave and Armstead. Uh, Khalil Mack is down right now, not practicing. Uh, in the secondary, so many guys. If you just look across the landscape of the NFL, how many guys are out with hamstring issues that are uh, in the secondary right now? In the Eagles CS game, we had crazy. Darius Slay was out. Uh, mm-hmm. Devon Witherspoon was out. Like there was some secondary. Yeah, Slay just had that cleanup surgery yep. on his knee. Um, the the one that stood out to me though that was the best representative of this was uh, the Steelers played over two quarters with zero safeties healthy. They had nobody. They had they literally had a linebacker in at safety at one point. They were throwing corners out there who were special teams guys that haven't played safety uh, since like freshman year of college. And they were just chucking guys out there, which against Gardner Minshew, by the way, not a good idea. Um because Gardner will just throw deep balls on one on one coverage against backups all day. Yep. Um and genuinely like that was pretty bad. Minka Fitzpatrick, by the way, I out maybe going forward uh, there's a big question mark on him um today like the entire Dolphins starting offensive line didn't go to practice all of them uh like they and I think it's four of them are questionable for Sunday 
one is probable. Uh, so injuries just stacking up everywhere honestly, across the league. Because of what the NFL has decided to do, it's only going to get worse. You keep adding on more games. I mean, what are we at, 17 right now? We're at 17 right now. They want the 18th game, and they're, they're, they're going to try and cl- 20. Pre- yeah, which we they're, hear the end game is 20, and they want to extend the season to uh, the end of February. I, I personally think that that is absolutely ridiculous and stupid. Yep. Because this is the product you're gonna get. Like no, yep. like no, no offense to these backup quarterbacks, but who draws eyes? Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Yeah, like, I mean, you're good. You're, yeah. you're representing the the thought. Yeah, well. but like those draw numbers. Yep. And so, congrats, you get an extra game, but it's gonna be the Jake Brownings of the world, the Drew Locks, the the Joe Flacco's. And again, that's no slight to these guys at all. But what we're seeing is is when when these NFL owners get greedy and keep pushing the limits on these guys in the most physically demanding sport, mm-hmm. you're going to see these stars go out. And when stars aren't on the field, it's a lesser product. They're, they're going to take mm-hmm. veteran weeks off. You're going to start seeing things like a Trent Williams doesn't play against Arizona. Yeah. You're going to start seeing things like Jalen Hurts doesn't play the, the Giants. Yeah. You know, like, and they're, they're going to take, it's going to be an extra bye week, plus you're well, going to have think, a veteran week off. I think, too, when you do that, but then also, which I was going to bring up earlier, too, like all of these teams, these like good teams or these playoff teams, these teams that have asp- like aspirations for a Super Bowl or an AFC, NFC championship. Why are all of these teams getting these like five to six game stretches of just this brutal? I, I, it, the, the scheduling this year has been terrible. It's like it's like they don't know. I And I don't know how you wouldn't. Because like I'm just thinking about. So, for instance, the Eagles haven't played the Giants at all this season yet. Now they're going to play them twice. Now they're going to play them twice. In three the, weeks. the Seahawks had this Niners thing where they played them twice in three weeks. Twice in three weeks. Like, you give all these things, and I'm like, what is going on? Like, why, yeah. are, you, why are we doing this when we have these pancake, like the Cowboys had all these pancake games at the beginning of the season, and then they have this six-game stretch. I'm like, well, that's you- good for football and in general, though. Sure. The Cowboys, but I, but I, like, the I Cowboys to- having a winning record sure, puts fans I, in stands. I, I, I totally get, like, the frustration as a Cowboys fan because, like, the Seahawks fans have it. Niners yeah. fan, you, you, the Niners have had a brutal stretch, and, they're, and I think they're in their brutal stretch right now. Coming, kind of. coming out of. This is coming the last of, but like this the last whole, of the difficult. This whole, like, giving these teams these, like, brutal stretches, these super competitive games where it means a whole lot and playoff in, implications, and you're going to stack on more games on top of that they have to play. Dumb. It is so dumb, and we're seeing the, the repercussions of greedy ownership and wanting to try and squeeze the life out of their players and their teams and their franchises. I don't yeah. think it's a disgrace, personally. I no, I don't. I don't like it at all. And I, I think when you're already seeing this many, uh, the, like this many injuries, and it is significant. Like if you just look at the Thursday list, I think there's 12 player names on the Thursday list between the two teams that are uh, that are questionable right now. Um, and I think the total list well, is 14. Well, and even that too. Like even like I know this goes back years now, but like. Adding in the Thursday night game, and we meet Joe Burrow, Stupid. Mark Andrews went out in the same game for the season. Yep, Thursday night game. Oh yeah, like Thursday when, night injuries are very famous. I mean, I mean, nobody wants to play Thursday night football. Yeah, nobody. I mean, I mean, I just think of even my team, like Earl Thomas, his yep. final season, his final I, was Seahawks. I remember his hand up in the air as he went out on that cart. But that was a Thursday night game. Richard Sherman, his last Your game as a Seahawk, one. was a Thursday night game. Like all these injuries, yep. all of these things that happen and take place. I just think that the own like they're they're getting what's coming to them with yeah. this. You you're gonna you're gonna continue to lose millions of dollars on these player salaries when you do things like this. Absolutely, it's it it is ridiculous. Um, I I hope the teams are able to manage in the next couple of weeks. Um, there's and, that, and that's just so frustrating too when the teams are having to manage 
players and just like yeah. like it's just to me it sucks uh, and, and I know to most people it sucks and, I'm not, and fans I I better not be mad when, when like if the 49ers were to beat the Ravens and uh, uh and the Commanders in the, the next two weeks <laughs> not one 49er fan better be pissed when your starting quarterback Sam Darnold. is Sam Darnold you don't know half the names on your offensive line uh, no, you the know, opportunity like, to give and your rookies get the opportunity time. to give your your guys two weeks off. Oh you my gosh, get that yeah. by, that's huge. Yep, and, and like sit them all, like, sit them all. Let the Rams away. make the playoffs. Let them have it. But like Jameson's but, like yes, but like please yes, do please. it. <laughs> well, I, and especially for your team, that's like there's always been the injury that has kept them yeah. out of. Like you got to do that, but like oh. I just think it's it's just so frustrating because you're gonna see these last few games become less yeah. and less important too. Yeah, you guys wouldn't know by the way. Um, 49ers in a four-play stretch on Sunday had McCaffrey and Brock go to the sideline. McCaffrey's holding his knee. Brock uh, got a stinger on his left side and, and missed a couple plays, and Darnold came in. Uh, I'm, I may have taken a knee and had a conversation with the football with, gods. With your, with your Lord and Savior, uh, <laughs> John Lynch? I don't know. <laughs> Dude, I was so nervous Ronnie for Lott, a minute. John and, well, and then, and then uh, Randy Gregory was finishing off uh, a blocker. And freaking dropped him on Bosa's ankle, as Bosa was like walking away. The play was over, and Gregory's just mad at the guy, so he chucked him on the ground. And he and he's walking. And you see him fall on his like lower ankle, like Achilles area. How, and then Bosa goes jogging off, and you're like, "No, oh my gosh!" How mad would you have been if your own team? Oh, just Randy Gregory, I, I would be like, "That jerk was just trying to get himself some playing time. <laughs> you piece of garbage." <laughs> he's trying to earn himself a contract next yeah, year. Seriously, which by the way, they they were down. The Niners were so many guys on Sunday. That uh, Randy Gregory played defensive tackle on uh, obvious run plays. He was legit. And uh, this is a guy who looks much smaller than Nick Bosa, <laughs> by the way, playing playing defensive tackle. They were, but I mean, when you got Chase Young and Nick Bosa on the sides, it's fine. Just put somebody in the middle, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah i I want to get to uh, our trivia segment today. Uh, this has to do with playoffs. We've been talking about the potential playoff stuff already. Well, and it's all playoffs now at this point. Yep. And so, I mean, the next couple of weeks, that's what we're going to spend a lot of time talking about. So I wanted to hit you guys with these. I got three quick questions for you. Um, and this is all about this year's playoff contenders. Okay. So you're going to pull up some crap. I'm not going to be. No, Mike's I do here. that to Mike. Yeah, 100% we do it to Mike, who I know is listening to this. And because you're not here, Mike, I'm not doing any conversations from the 1970s. All right. Uh. So, uh, yeah, your question like in the 1970s, which hey, backup safety from the 49ers? Listen, on December, you bullcrap jerks have gotten this stuff though. Right. Like collectively, you have beaten me many times. That's fair. That's fair. So forget you. When the All questions right. are about the modern era, yes. Yeah. You. No, you, you, you guys in support of Mike uh, got me on multiple things. I, I, I would. No, go that's look what we're saying. Question. We're saying that modern era stuff is when we can. You yeah, have a good chance. I mean, okay, whatever. Um, so first question: Can you name all five teams that have been eliminated from playoff contention so far? Without looking, Panthers, Panthers, Jets, Patriots, Patriots. Um, correct on all the all three of those. The Chargers are not because uh, the. the Correct. I said that today, so I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it's got to be teams like four wins. Oh, Cardinals. Got it. You have four. We need five. Need five. Oh wait, sorry. You need six. My bad. 
Six. Okay, Six so are four. already mathematically eliminated. Six are math. Yep. You, are but the, you got are four. the commanders. You got there. You go. Commanders are you eliminated. Got five. Yep. Thinking through the divisions here. Giants. The Giants have to be the commanders, are yeah. The incorrect. The Giants oh. are um, not they're mathematically. Five, they're five. Oh, they're and five and nine. nine. Five and nine. So there yeah. has to be a four-win team because the Chargers are also five and nine. Or it so can that's be like just the threshold. tiebreakers. Oh, it's true. Um, the Bears are not right. Correct. The Bears are still in, and they okay. are five and nine as well. So, NFC North is clear. We already got the NFC West. Yeah. We already got NFC East. What are the teams that have won the division? Because if you pretty much have already clinched, clinched the division, then it essentially Niners, eliminates a team. Niners, Niners of Cowboys, course. Bucks right now, right? Yeah, but they haven't the clinched yes. the division yet. Yeah, but they're the division leader, which means that that whole division, except for the Panthers, who we already. Yeah. Or I guess in the. This yeah. one's obvious, isn't it? And we're just. We just haven't gotten around to it yet. This Titans? is in. Hey, he got it. He got it. There you go. Got all six. My bad. And I, I don't know why I typed five. I knew it was oh, you're six. Good. So, um, let's go to our second question. Can you name the two division leading teams? And I'm only giving you one guess each. Oh, okay. Uh, two division leading teams. It's one AFC and one NFC that have allowed 300 points or more defensively. They are division leaders, and they have allowed more than 300 points defensively. Okay. Uh, you get one guess each. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm talking to Jameson. Yep, this you're good. Like, I mean, the Lions, we talked about that a couple weeks ago because they have the division lead, and their defense has been poo-poo they and have, lost They a lot have of allowed a lot of points. They were not at 300 when, when we had talked about it, but they were close. They were like 280 to 270. They were pretty close, and then... We get, wait, you get one, one guess each? Get one guess each. One, you get one NFC. He gets one NFC. Okay. You get one AFC. So okay, then I'm just say it. Lions. It is the Lions. Okay, you got the okay. NFC. So, so it's AFC. And the AFC then division leads. Uh, I mean, the Jags the have leads. been scored quite heavily on. So there's the Jags, the Dolphins, Ravens. Yeah, why am I having a brain fart here? Maybe it's... AFC North. See, South is Jags. Oh, it'd be the Chiefs. Chiefs are the division leaders. Oh, yeah, obviously. Um, Um, I mean, my guess is going to be the Jags. Yeah, do you want to go with that? It is the Jaguars. Let's go. We nice. guys have got to use that our one. second guesses. Solid. Right. Solid. Sir. All right, this one's a little tougher. I, I want to end a little little stronger. What current playoff team has the worst division record? Worst division. They are in the playoffs today. And I'm not going to give you which side they're on. Again, sure. you will get one guess each. So here are the, the teams. Obviously, the division winners are... Well, maybe not obviously, but for the, the most worst part, division, division, Wait, division the winners. Buc- the Bucks might. I was gonna say it could be the Bucks because it's not. Because I think they've lost. Well, actually, both it games might be you. It might be. Oh, you're not in it. Yet, We're not. I don't think we're technically in the play. We're not technically in. I think it might be the Bucks because it's not the Rams, and no. it's not the Vikings. 
and it's not the Eagles. I like the Bucks. Um, uh, That's my guess. Bucks. Bucks is incorrect. Frick. They are three and one. They're three and one in division. My bad, Jameson. I I would have argued against that if I was with you guys, just because their division sucks so bad. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm like, it can't be them. They're in the lead. So then it's not the Niners. No. I think you guys are undefeated in the division. Correct. We're, yeah. And then the Rams are like four and one in the division. Yeah. So it's not them. So going to um, the going in to division. The AFC, it, though. Ooh, well, we Chiefs? didn't get. We, oh, yeah. Because he didn't give us a division. It's just overall. Yeah, yeah, our conference. Chiefs have split against the Broncos. Trying to think. I haven't even actually, after this last week, I don't think I've looked to see who is filling out those wild card spots. Yeah. In the in the AFC. AFC. Yeah, I haven't it, either. Because Houston was like fine in division. Oh wait, dude, Ravens have lost to the Steelers once, and they've lost to the Brown, not the Browns, the Bengals. Those are two I, I know that they've like, lost. So they're probably like what three and two. And division three and at this two. point. All right, we gotta. We just gotta guess one. Yeah. Well, you yes, be you. Oh yeah. So ready to um, what do we think collectively out of the AFC? I mean, Ravens might be a good guess, but again, I saw that the Broncos, the Bucks. Yeah. Um, they might have lost the game to the Browns. I don't know. Who else is on the the skirt? That little. Like seven, so, six. So you know the division leaders. I'll give you the wild card. Yeah. The wild card is Indy, okay. Cleveland, and Cincinnati are the three oh, Cleveland non-division. Might. Houston probably, and Buffalo are right outside. I feel like it's AFC North. I think it's probably Cleveland or it's not Cincinnati, I don't think. Let's just say let's just say Cleveland. Let's just do that. Right now, Baltimore, uh, Cleveland, and Indy are all three and two in division. Mm. And they have the second or tied for the second worst record. The worst record in division, 0 and four Cincy. Oh. oh. They are also three and six in conference. They've been five and zero oh against NFC teams. Yes, they have. Uh, Let's just say I haven't been watching a whole lot of Bengals this year. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, I I was looking at that's that today, uh, looking through a few different things, and I, that really stood out to me. And I was like, I think I might be able to get him on that one. So, point yeah. for Matt. I'll take that one. Um, okay. Uh, I know we got some big questions to hit before uh, we get to our hot seat and pick them. So I will hand it over to Jameson. All right. Here we go. Big three. First question I have for you guys, which seven and seven team would you not want to face in the NFC wildcard? The Vikings, the Bucks, the Saints, the Rams, or the Seahawks, which is already a very crowded group. But which one of those teams would you not want to play in the NFC? I I hate saying this, but I think there's one clear answer. I I think think it's the Rams. Wow. Okay. We disagree. That's fine. I think it's the Rams because they... Stafford's dealing and they have they have I would say at this point I mean I mean I, I might still 
on my bias give the edge to Carroll, but like I mean they got they got the quarterback and the coach thing done, and like a lot of times that's all you need is quarterback and coach um, to be really successful. And so that's what I and like these Rams are just playing like they're scoring thirty plus every game at this point, even against and they almost they almost even beat the Ravens, who we've touted as like, you know a top three top two team in the NFL. Yeah, number two defense. And and I I, I can't I can't say my team because the Rams beat them twice. So, yep, I I get that. I I think of teams that I don't want to play right now. And it's Bucks? teams that are winning like consistently. And not and I'm not taking anything away from the Rams. You're playing the Ravens. So different different and took them to overtime. But I think it's the Bucks. The Bucks are just hot right now. They have an incredible wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. Um they sort have the, sort of the, like all the things that I think about like the reasons why the Bucks, I think the the Rave, the Rams have it better. Like like I still would take Cup and Nakua over Evans. Here, here's why I wouldn't, and I'll Kyron make it really Williams simple. Is running all over the place. Kyron Williams is awesome, and I totally agree. Puka and Cooper are ridiculous. The problem with the Rams, and it, and I think this is really what the downfall is, and it's it's plagued them already this season, is that he just can't stay healthy. And and yeah. and genuinely, like I just see that probably likely continuing to be an issue. Teams don't just all of a sudden get healthy. And they're just good. Uh, I think you guys are out two or three for Thursday night this week, uh, is what I saw on the injury report. Uh, uh, Trey's going to miss some time in the secondary. Um, I saw Note Boom was questionable. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else. There's one other one too um, that that was already out. So it's just it's things like that where uh, for for the the Saints, I think they're the second team. But right now the Bucks are healthy. Their quarterback just played the best game of his career, in my opinion. Um, I'm real curious as to what he's going to do against Jacksonville this week. I like Jacksonville's been giving up points consistently, as we already talked about. And I'm literally sitting here with Lamar and uh, uh, Mayfield uh, as my potential starting quarterbacks this week. And I am really, really questioning what to do in the A League. I want that dub. I can get into the finals. So, um, I just like where the I like where the Bucks are at right now, and and winning these games and taking over their division, doing what they're doing. Uh, sometimes having to do it gritty, awesome. And uh, so, I think both teams are would be a tough out regardless, especially when you have McVeigh like for the Saints who, or I'm sorry for the Rams who is a uh, Super Bowl winning head coach, and any team with Aaron Donald is freaking terrifying, and I don't want to play them. Um, but yeah, like right now, I just think. And I think it's a fair thing to say. The Rams just have not been as healthy as the Bucks overall. And uh, Bucks, by the way, got a dude at running back. Uh, that Rashad White's been real good. Uh, and if if you're a if you're a fantasy owner and you drafted him like I did in all three leagues, you love life. Uh, yeah. That is that's been a big win. Uh, I mean, num- still the number uh, two pass catcher at, at uh, running back. Yeah, uh, in the league. I mean, obviously we know what I would say here for this one. Yeah. Um, the I'm Saints. taking the Rams from that. that Saints. The James Saints believes the, in the Saints. The Saints are the most fraudulent <laughs> of that entire group. Absolutely. Um, Although we don't know what the Vikings are. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, we don't know what they are. They're they're in that conversation too, uh, for sure. But I, I mean, I've at least seen more out of the Vikings this year than I've seen out of the Saints, which is not much. But um, absolutely, yeah. I, I think those are both teams you don't want to see. Um, yeah. So, and I, I think the Seahawks, like Grant, uh, stated some things out loud. That, that would pull them off the list for me. Um, this is a team who just had an open competition <laughs> at, at corner 
uh, this week. Uh, who's who's going to start? Uh, sat a healthy Jamal Adams after he got worked uh, last week uh, against Debo, and, and that was the highlight of the week from that game. Uh, it was the Brock Purdy throw to Debo. Um, yeah, like, I... They, they're the defense just has not been good, like it just hasn't. And the, so, the thing that's so frustrating is that it's all scheme because they got dudes. Uh, they got players. They got names. They they got guys that should be it's producing. All, it's our defensive corner is a bum. Yeah, it like it it's disappointing. And and Bobby's definitely tackling people. He's still top three in tackles right now, right? I believe so. He's top three or four. Um, last, last week, you know. So, uh, yeah, I would I'd pull the Seahawks just because the defense isn't isn't balling out. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I, I, but I, I say the Bucks. I just like where they're at. I, I have nothing against the Rams. I don't like playing them, um, though the Niners have been doing well against them, obviously, since uh, Shanahan took over. I do not like playing them ever. You're going to get hurt uh, more than likely in that game, so forget that. I uh, really hate that they scheduled you guys as the last game of the year. <laughs> not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, I expect it to be a division game. I'd rather be playing the Cardinals. I'll tell you that. Um, that's true but but again that might be one where you guys are just resting yeah i hope which so. is what i hope I, I hope yeah yeah i i get why so um but yeah i think those answers makes a lot of sense cool cool uh next question i have for you which team currently slated to host a home game in the first round of the playoffs is most likely to lose so out of the afc dolphins chiefs jags and then out of the nfc cowboys lions or bucks who do we think I I think it's currently it's obvious um you know it's the Jags. Like if you're if you're just looking they're losing games they shouldn't lose and then they're getting beat down by some teams as well. They just got it handed to them this last week by the Ravens. And and a big part of that is that Trevor Lawrence just isn't 100. And again, I I highlighted earlier in my comments about the Jaguars in that game, they Wide receivers do not look like they are uh, on the same page with Trevor Lawrence. That offense is just stagnant at times. Um, And I don't think that that's a playoff atmosphere that you need to worry about. When you look at some of these other teams, like no one wants to go to Arrowhead. That's not a place you want to go play. No one wants to go to Jerry's world. No, no. And, And seriously, I don't think anyone wants to hear the Motor City light up when they get to host a playoff game. Unless uh, for the Matt first Stafford. time in holy cow, oh, wow. Matt Stafford! Oh my gosh! If the Rams play the Lions, that, yeah. Oh te- my I, gosh! I, I hadn't even that. thought about it till right I, now. I texted it earlier this week. Yeah, he I texted was like, it. I was, I was like, we, we could have a Matthew Stafford return to, to Detroit. Detroit in the playoffs. Oh my gosh! Which is gosh. probably worst case scenario for the Lions, if we're being honest. I, other than the 49ers getting the one seed, I can't think of anything I want more than for that to happen. So. I wonder what they would do. Would they play which, a video to honor which, him, or would they just be like, just forget like, this guy, forget this guy? <laughs> no, we, they wouldn't. I, I don't I think they Detroit would hate on Stafford. I don't think. No, th- I don't. They I never felt bad. I never saw anyone being like, screw Matt Stafford for like that was. Everyone was like, please leave can, and go. Win can we also please a hundred percent vindicate the Lions for trading? Stafford. Tra- well, no, that would and be, then, and then getting themselves to this place well, now. Well, that's awesome. the thing. That's the it was thing good about, for Stafford. Good for them. I would say that's the thing with trades. Great is, is people always think there has to be a winner in a trade. It's a win-win. Huh? This it, was a win-win. Like, like totally. Like, like, like the trades Lions can be benefit. It's a real big win. Trades can be beneficial <laughs> for both teams, and this would be yeah. a scenario where that's like, yeah, both teams win. The, the yep. Lions make the playoffs. 
Stafford won a Super Bowl with the Rams. Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson plays in Detroit. Yep. Uh, yeah, Stafford got a Super Bowl. And the Lions uh, also have this guy named Laporta playing tight end. So good. How how did the Lions trade Hawkinson and get better at tight end? How? Laporta's so good. Like, Laporta is a dude. I We talked about him a lot early on. And make it like I, 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 oh my I flamed the Lions for their draft process, like drafting a running back and a tight end because those are not positions of importance with the needs I felt like they needed. And I still think they need some of those things. And that's why sometimes they're losing games they have. But at the same time, though, they they're defense, not upset. Yeah, they're not upset. Nope. They're not upset with their decisions. No, but they clearly need to go do one thing this next year in the draft and in the offseason. Oh, my gosh. They need, they, they need to go. Second I mean, year. I was just going to say their defense. defense. Yeah. They they have a guy though playing uh, playing linebacker. A- uh, mm-hmm. Anzalone is really good, um, but outside of that, yeah, yes. and Hutch. I mean, the long Hutch way awesome. around the Jags, yeah. Long way around. It's a Jags for both of us, I believe. Um, I I think the Bucks too, because if the Bucks host something, I think the Bucks. Because I mean, depends I, on the scenario who they, who they to play. me. Yeah. Also, for some reason, if for some reason it they would, would happen, right now get the Eagles. By the way, if for some reason it happened and the Cowboys hosted the Niners, which wouldn't happen, that. That would be one because I, you know, good old Cowboys lost to the Bye-bye. Niners in the playoffs. So, <laughs> all right, next one. Next one here. The last question for you guys: mm-hmm. Will a running back ever play ten seasons as a starter again? So, because, for and, example, guys like King Henry or Frank Gore. Are we going to see backs like that ever? No. Uh, on it's a straight answer for me. It's no, and I mean, unless there is another Derrick Henry. I honestly, the only guy in the NFL that I can think of that's going to make it is CMC. But even that dude, he's had two two seasons. He's, he's seven, but he, but he's seven years. Yeah, yeah, but uh, do we count those seasons where like the two yeah. seasons he was injured? Yeah. Oh well, dude, Frank Gore broke his freaking hip and pelvis. Yeah, like he and and we still count that year. Okay. Yeah, I mean. Absolutely. He was the starting running back going into that year. So, yes. And, and I mean, he was yeah, the starter. Yeah, but they didn't really take into account that that was a, a year where he didn't get hit every He played, every yeah, but he played like three, four years. Three, four games, he went in as a starter. I'm just saying, he was the starter sure. coming in. And, and yes, he got hurt in, in a game. So, I no, I don't, I don't know that we're ever going to see a legit 10-year starter. I think you're going to see the running back share continue. I think what the Dolphins are doing is probably the best example well, yeah, of the future of the them, NFL. You're going to start seeing them draft running backs, back to back drafts, like high, like higher back to back rounds, back to back rounds. I like, mean, you seriously, like the Niners did a couple of years ago, went third and fourth round. Mm-hmm. Um, Seahawks they, did it last year. Ken Walker and Charbonnet. Like, yep. You're going to, I think you're going to continue to see that they value the position, but they don't want to pay the position because it's a train wreck. Every time they get hit every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got sometimes three, four bodies falling on them. Uh, this, well, they're one of the positions they get hit almost every play because if they're not running, they're blocking. Yeah. I, no, I, I think Frank Gore is the last guy that we will ever see hit the 1,000 marker 10 times. I, a- I think a- he's Adrian the last Peterson guy. Play 10 years? On the ground, or yeah. Start, start 10 years? I don't know that Adrian Peterson started 10 years. He played. I know, I know he played, yeah. Them, but I don't believe that he started. Like, if you look at those numbers, like uh, the ones where he's only got 100 or whatever... I think, uh, I think he t technically clipped it because his 2017 was drafted. He was getting a thousand yards in 2018, so he did like 11 years. Cause he had that year with the Redskins. Yeah, he had like through what three years in there that he didn't play though, much. 
Yeah, but again, if we're 16, talking about starting, 17, though, yeah. the whole, that whole thing. No, I don't think he was a starter. That's what I'm saying. I don't in 16 and 17. Well, I don't he's think got he 10 years at Minnesota, so he was a starter every year in Minnesota. 10 years yeah. there. Yeah. See, so that he would come it. into the conversation where he didn't play two of those years. He only played one game when he was 29, and he played three games when he was 31. And he was not the starter when he was 31, actually. He did not go in uh, as the name starter. Oh, was it Dalvin? So when Dalvin Cook? That may have been when... No, I don't know that that's when Dalvin came in. But that... No, they... they uh, He's got 10, though. That's true. So, um, and him and Frank basically finishing up their last big season at the same time. Right. Um... But no, I think really it's the way well, that we value lot. the position. You saw a lot. We talked about it in the in the podcast early this year. Um, you know the the running backs coming together, Eckler and others. Um, Josh Jacobs, it, uh, Barkley, um, to talk about you know what they were going to do and how they're going to approach the market, and all of them basically deciding to just take um, the franchise tag, negotiate, get themselves a couple million more dollars going into a, a single year, realizing it was better to get ten, twelve, fourteen million. Uh, than to get pushed outside and and get nothing um, because they don't value the position in the way that they used to. And when you see guys like like a, a Najee Harris, who's a late first round draft pick, um, running out of steam three years in, you know, a guy who was lighting it up uh, as a rookie, played well into into his second year, um, and then uh, just seemingly sucks all of a sudden. Uh, three years in, that overuse does beat down on these players' bodies more than most. Um, and I think it's going to be a continued thing that we see. Uh, there's going to be a lot of guys who just can't endure that kind of physicality. It is, in my opinion, it is the phys- most physically demanding job in sports. And some people might feel like that's a hot take. Um, you could come at me with whatever you got. But I think it is the most physically demanding position in the most physically demanding sport. I think it is harder to do uh, from a phys- physical nature. And, and I get it like, hey, man, you got to be tough to play offensive line, defensive line in the trenches. Those are wars. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the shape that they have to keep their knees in, uh, the shape that they have to be in uh, from a speed standpoint, uh, you know, you, you want to get thick, but not too thick. Uh, to endure to endure hits and recovery and all that stuff. It's just such a hard position to keep playing uh, with any sense of longevity. And um, I, you know, Frank was a warrior. King Henry is a warrior. I, he's not even make. He probably not even make it ten years because he was drafted in twenty sixteen. Yeah, he it, may not, I don't think I, Henry may not be. He's going to go to some sort of whether it's with Tennessee. I don't think it is based on the comments that he made this week. Um whether it's with Tennessee or somewhere, he's going to be a platoon back. He's, he'll be the lead next year somewhere, uh, but he's going to be a platoon back. He would make a ton of sense. I've already thought about this in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That dude should go there like right now. Uh, he makes so much sense with a guy like Mike Tomlin and that offense needs a dude like him that can go get short yards. That's been their main struggle outside of the quarterback position with their offense. Uh, well, that and the fact that what the crud was George Pickens doing? Oh, he's a bum. That guy is garbage. Uh, they can't, like, he decided he just didn't want to block because he wanted to get a Tank Dell injury. That's what he said. Like, he literally goes, I'm not going to block because, and Warren flat out called him out on it. It was a run play for Warren. And uh, and Warren's like, I mean, you know, different people do different things. Like, 
Uh, you know, everybody plays the game differently. He goes, I can tell you this. If uh, he was running the ball, I'd be blocking for him. Yep. He's like, and I do. Yeah, I mean, I think too, <laughs> that was that was a shot at his well, teammate right there. I think but. too to, for that to that question, like I think we 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 answered this question with our earlier comments about just how long the season is now too, like yeah. when it's going to get to twenty twenty games. That's true. You're going to have to have a platoon. Like, what Miami's no doing is brilliant. Yeah, it really is. I I think what the 49ers are doing with CMC is only sustainable because it's in part CMC, and then it's the type of plays they make him run. He does not run consistently. Um, up the middle, you know, he's not, he's not going I formation 36 blast like that. Right. That's gone. They play, they play zone. Like this is zone blocking scheme. He makes cuts and he dives, you know, like that's what he does. Um, and he takes chunks because of his blockers, but yeah, it's, it, it's <laughs> those, sorry. Those schemes are what is, uh, what's going to become more the norm. And I, I think we have seen the end of the 10 year, uh, starting running back. Um, and I think, you know, Jameson, I mean, maybe to be honest about it, the only point where I would contradict myself, or the only thing I contradict myself with here is um, they might be the starting running back in name. You might have King Henry as a, yeah. the 10th year starting running back, but only taking 10, 12 carries. And then, you know, Spears there, uh, if you've been paying attention uh, to what Titans are doing, Spears has been coming equal in carries. But I think they could. He could still keep the title as a starting running back and be in there for the key plays. Um, and uh, they may go around him. Uh, may go around that or about that that way. That maybe that's how they handle that in the future. Um, is get those younger guys in there alongside the veterans. But yeah, man, it's crazy to see the the position devalued the way it has been, and we're we're seeing it play out this year. Uh, but I I think that that conversation which uh, ESPN today had with that Frank Gore article, and that's why I emphasized him in my, my points there, um, you know, is very relevant. And when it comes to that CBA, I'll be really curious how players negotiate contracts for themselves with these additional games they're talking about, um, because they're going to have a real good example of what happens at, uh, at each position and the value of that position when it comes to wins. Um, you can't, you can't say that running backs aren't insanely valuable. You just absolutely can't. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens to the CBA, CBA when it comes around. I want to get to our, our next segment because it has completely changed. Completely changed. Um, now, we had called this the Mac Canada Hot Seat Award. That's what we had named it. Correct. I, I called it the correct thing for once. Correct. I remembered it while I was putting this together today. Yeah, I know. Jameson's super excited while he's having his dinner over there. Um, you guys are wanting to change it to the Brandon Staley well, I don't know. Seat Award. Well, I don't know. I think it's a conversation because I, I part of the things that Brandon Staley was technically on it longer. He was on the hot seat longer, but Matt Canada is the but definition the of the award. But he, yeah, because he was. I mean, technically, I think the first to go was be, would technically be what's his face from Las Vegas, Josh McDaniel. Yeah, Josh McDaniel was just like we were all waiting. For when that was gonna happen. I mean, Josh the thing about trash. The thing about this though is that basically since we've started this show, there's been a conversation every year about how does Brandon Staley have a job. Wait, I just had an amazing idea. This has kind of has to do with this. I'm like thinking we should name something else Brandon Staley Award. But then I think, what if we oh. have? What if at? What if towards the NFL season we have our own award show? That's the complete like opposite of like. 
the NFL awards. It's like the, the I don't know. I'm, well, this is I'm workshopping this right now. Okay, like, I'll, no, I like the reverse though. I think in the beginning of the year when we're calling like, predictions, the, we, talk about, we like, should talk about first coach to be fired. Yeah, it should be about coordinator that's going to get fired. Yeah, we like this. That's the thing we or should like, be or, doing. Or, or, or like the most embarrassing person, and like like George Pickens, like having no effort in games, or like things like that. Like Chase Claypool, worst, the just, worst teammate award. Yeah, worst team. We can I have, like that one. We can. Anyway, well, we'll, they they have that. Well, award no, the show. Antonio Brown worst teammate award. Yes, like that. Things like that. It's got to be things like that. It's like a real life thing. Kind of like, like the Razzies TV for the Oscars. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the Razzies <laughs> for the Oscars. We can, we should have our own. We'll, we'll workshop it. We'll okay. workshop it. Okay. I like where this is going. Um. So maybe Brandon Staley needs his own. Or maybe. Brandon. Or or the Brandon Staley Award is for head coaches, and the Canada Award is for the coordinators. Uh, we can, yeah, we can figure some. Out. I, I, I was only going to defend my Matt Canada point, but the entire country. I mean, did you guys watch the McAfee compilation of everyone yelling "Fire Canada"? The like it was happening at teams games that were not affiliated, affiliated with Pittsburgh. It happened in college football games in Texas. Part of thinks the Steelers thing is this, like this, like just. Like it was oh like, yeah, it was like a different type of vibe. I don't. There, was, there wasn't the vitriol. It was like, please, like it was like it was like it was like with my dog for a dysfunctional like, franchise to keep that guy around that long was surprising. It was kind of yeah. It's it's like the dog who's been paralyzed three times. Mark and Davis is sitting there going, "Hey guys, it's what like, are just, you? What just, are you doing? Just, <laughs> just, just give it the old yeller treatment." I mean, just, it's what we said about Grant's dog. Yeah, that's for a long I, time. That's what I was. Alluding you were getting to there. With the, with okay, the, the, the my bad. I should have let times you have that. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's R.I.P. Bob. Yeah, R.I.P. I mean, I guess that is true. Like the Chargers compared to the Steelers organizationally, like one of those things means way more to football than the other. So the head coach of yeah. a so and so team that doesn't even have their own stadium versus the Pittsburgh Steelers and their offensive coordinator, I guess that yeah, carries a little more weight. Yeah. So uh, okay, well, let, well, I guess we'll talk about it off air in terms of what we want. But we do have with three it. people. But we have three people. Um, I, 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 you, you have your top three here. I, I have three. I don't have a top. Okay. It's not in order. It's not in order. Cause I think that the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons <clears throat> probably needs to be number one. Arthur Smith may have just oops and put himself in the lead spot. Uh, not only that, I, but I hadn't also, even looked at the list yet and that was going to be my contribution. So I'm glad to, to see. Yeah. Well, there. cause yeah. also the owner, Arthur Blank definitely sounds like he's going bye-bye. Yeah. Like his comments, he was just like, there's been some good, some bad. It's not where you want to be. Uh, but mm-hmm. you don't fire the head coach three three games left in the season. Like, you're not going to do that. No, especially when they're still in the playoff hunt. But but Black Monday, he's probably the first victim. Yeah, and, and the reason he comes up, if you didn't pay attention to that game, and you shouldn't have, um, is because somehow the Panthers, the Panthers won. won a game. Uh, it's their second game of the year, and uh, managed to Was beat, it 9-7? to seven? I Was believe you're correct. 9-7. to seven. The Falcons scored a touchdown. But I how mean, they and, didn't get a field goal, by he, the way, with the most accurate kicker in the league. Also, also, I just go when when Arthur Smith comes out there at the beginning of the of the season or like during the offseason this year. And it's like, yeah, we really believe in Desmond Ritter. If you have if your head coach is out here saying that Desmond Ritter is your answer at quarterback, you are unserious and need to put in your resignation. Because For real. there's no way that you could see what he did. And like there's. What in the practice and training camp was like, yeah, this is going to be our guy. <laughs> well, and we're going to hitch our wagon to this and, guy. And let's not forget, too, that they were one of the first teams to pull themselves out of out of the Lamar sweepstakes. They're like, because no, of we're Desmond not, Ritter. We're, yeah, we're like, we're not getting involved. It's like, uh, 
Okay. Yeah, we're not getting involved because we have Desmond Ritter. <laughs> yeah, that would only be the perfect player for your current roster, but go absolutely. Off. Could you imagine Lamar? Lamar in Atlanta would be fantastic. They have the run game. They they I mean, got the guys all I mean, over the place. They, I mean, Justin Fields. They Receivers should at all for, levels. They should, make yeah. a, they should make a trade for Justin Fields. Just they should do something. I mean, I, they, yeah, I would well, if I were them. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, they I would probably, too if I were the Bears. They're probably in a position to draft Because we, I know that Jameson's been anxious to put that, that Chicago coach on this list, but Eberflus has done nothing but win and play good football. Got his team playing good football. Yeah, uh, yeah I, said, I said last week he's he's worked himself out of the, the hot seat. Um, and he did think, it again. Honestly, looking at this, I think, I think I mean I think Solid should be there just because like the the team has been terrible the last two, the two thirty years to nothing and it's the it's consistently been the worst offense and and I know he's a defensive coach but at the same time like if you're the worst ranked offense and has been the last two years but I think I think Homie in New Orleans probably deserves it a little more because Sala still in the playoff race twice not here bro but who literally is like <laughs> yeah I want Dennis Allen as my coach nobody. Like, I understand that. He but, could I work mean, his so, way on I mean, dude, if, Hey, if, listen, if Ron gets fired, which Ron's fired, by the way, he, he is. Yeah. Uh, they, that It's done. He's pretty like, much said so. The, well, yeah. The, the, his coaching staff, their spouses twice online have already stated they know they're gone. That happened also, also with the Panthers. Oh, you know what should, you know, <laughs> you know what should happen? Sorry to go back to it. Eric Bieniemy in Atlanta, head coach in Atlanta. In Atlanta? I think I don't know if the, he's. I don't think he's the heir apparent where he's at. I don't think that. That's dude, could you imagine him with Bijan and Kyle Pitts and Drake London, and and then if he gets like a Justin Fields, okay, be, like that would be it, fun. I hope he doesn't. I I hope who he is does not get wasted on the Carolina Panthers. I will say that because I think he's going to get an interview there. I absolutely do. He'll, they're going to because he get an interview the, uh, the, their crazy owner said he's going after an offensive guy. Well, yeah, whoever uh, they they get, they're going to pay a lot of money because they They're want to, try have to justify They're, they have yeah. to all that guy it. likes to do is pay coaches that's and all he likes fire to do. them a year later no and then keep paying them i mean well, matt yeah, rule but, matt rule double well, dipping right now and honestly maybe that's why bnb was like yeah sure i'll take that i know i'll be out of here in a year or two and i'll yeah. get the rest of I'll that get, money i'll and get I'll go 10 million somewhere better because i'll get 10 million here 10 fault. million there yeah, yeah. but i don't know where frank reich is going to be coaching quarterbacks next year but that team's going to get a heck of a dude just saying Oh, Seattle. He oh, he will on. be coaching quarterback somewhere Pete next year. Carroll, please. For somebody for somebody who knows what the crap they're doing, he's gonna run a really Pete good quarterback. Carroll, please. Um Yeah, I the other I mean, so right now I've got Rivera, Sala, Arthur Smith. I get Dennis Allen being on here. I think we're a week or so away from that conversation, but it's that his name's gonna come up. Uh Rivera's gonna stay on here though, uh, for the rest of the year. So because he's not getting fired. Sala's probably not getting fired in season. I mean, let's be real, they're gonna they're not because they're not going to do that to Aaron Rodgers. They want Aaron Rodgers happy. Yeah. They're they're going to talk to Aaron Rodgers, yeah, and Aaron no. Rodgers is going to be like, well, I get I it. I think but. the the report is that they is that GM like Saul and Joe Douglas got another year because of because of Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. Well, they they, 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 they they have that lifeline because I I think if if Rodgers stayed healthy this whole year and they were in a similar boat, maybe they would have like you know two or three more wins, but like yeah. they, uh, I think I, well, I think no, Rodgers actually, no, gives them three to four wins. No, sorry, okay. If for some reason he doesn't, yeah, I think they'd be out of the playoffs. Eight, maybe nine wins right now. They, they, I think they, I think Solid would be done if they don't make the playoffs with Rodgers this year. If he was healthy, oh yeah, yeah, he's gone. I do think they're going to get a co-offensive coordinator out there. I think that's happening, Uh, or assistant head coach with an offensive mindset. 
I think that would that also make a lot of sense for Frank Reich. Throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, assistant head coach. Uh, 49ers do that every year. They got they go get assistant head coaches. Anthony Lynn right now is a 49ers assistant head coach. Um, so you know I I like that type of scenario for for one of those guys. But yeah, that's where we're at with that. Grant, we are to your segment, uh, which is one of our favorites for sure. Alrighty. So we are on our pick'em segment. It's pretty much the last segment we got here. Uh, this uh, episode, I almost said this evening, but you may not be listening this evening. Um, so we had all, a pretty good week, a bounce back week. Last week we had, I think, one of the worst, if not the worst. Um, it had to be bottom it, two. It had to be bottom two in terms of like how many losses that we had in totality. Um, I think everybody went, I think I went three and two, then everybody else went two and three. Yes. I think that's no, how we, me and Mike went two and three. Jameson went one and four. Is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, I did. Yeah, but and then I Jameson, went three and two. Yeah, so say it, say it right now. But Jameson, let's go bounce back week, sir. Flip the numbers. Jameson went four <clears> and one. Matt also went four and one. Heck yeah, we did. And Mike and I rounded out at three and two. So a good week, a heck of a bounce back. Um, you love to see it. And we are now all in the forties in terms of our wins. Okay, we're all in the forties now. It's happened. Uh, but. We got that lead that Mike has is maybe getting a little thinner. Who knows? Could be a bad week. Could switch it up. But so at the top, we got Mike at 47 and 28. You've got Matt at 45 and 30. I am at 44 and 31. And Jameson is at 40 and 35. So we've got some interesting games. Fortunately, uh, I'm about co- to serve up a perfect week here. So a perfect week of five and oh, you're going to. Yeah. You're gonna throw a perfect I, game. I'm, I'm here. like the Bills. I'm peaking at the right time. I'm I'm healthy. That's right. I got got my guys back. Uh huh. Yeah. You're 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 you're, you're yeah. feeling yourself ready for a little that bit? playoff run. Exactly. All right. Have we, hey, hold on. I we have not decided. Destiny. Mike's not here. We can make this conversation go faster. Um, we have not decided what the winner gets. Have we? Well, we talked about a belt, like like those like WWE belts, because we can customize them, and we can have it. We can have it be like um. Like here, let me. We did have that conversation. I, I was okay. This is what I was thinking. I was thinking that when we do, because we're gonna do the live draft episode this year. That what if? What if the winner of our pick'em, the winner of our pick'em, does not have to contribute? Because I wanted we 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 talked about next time we did the live draft, we're gonna do dinner and all that crud, like order some food into a. How about we buy the winner's dinner collectively? The three of us do. There can be a, a little trophy or a belt or something if we want to add that into it, but I think that would be a nice gesture yeah. as well. Yeah. So that, that person's that. Uh, eating on everybody else's dime. Okay, so you can so we can get like a customizable here we go like belt. He's um, got. And, and, he's and, literally looking this up right now. I have it up right here, and so oh, this is a mini one. We don't want a mini one. I saw ones for like sixty, seventy bucks. We could all pitch in, and it can just have you know pick them champion. Not every year, and it can just pass on to the person so that we're not dropping. You know that much. I don't think that the mini one's necessarily bad. How big is it? Well, this one looks a little bigger. That one looks. I mean, it looks a little bigger. What are I the think dimensions? This one I was go at. down. Go down. Go to. Uh, go down to the the dimensions. Yes, this is a stupid thing to talk about on the podcast. But we but are I talking about it nonetheless. Uh, dimensions. Dimensions. Product specs. There we go. Okay. Belt is twenty one inches 20, long. I think that's fine. Yeah. So this is like six five bucks. inches wide. Oh, okay. Fifty bucks. It probably it probably gonna be more when we add stuff to it. But we can. We can add the ribbon to it, so we can literally make this. Okay, I'm in. Like, yeah, we yeah. should totally do this. So, all right, I, I will. I will save this page and we'll look at this. But Let's we will. Go. But I think a belt would be hilarious. Dominate. It's 
floor of the trophy. I want to catch Mike really bad. I'm getting close, so. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. So anyway, so that's what we'll do. Um, but we got our first game. We got some good games. We got some interesting ones. Again, we got a really exciting one, potentially Super Bowl preview, but we'll save that towards the these end. These are the ones I was hoping you would pick. I agree awesome. with all these. So we've got first game Thursday Night Football. We're just going to kind of go down the line here in terms of what's sooner, what's later. First up, we got the Saints at the Rams. Uh, Thursday Night Football, as Matt said earlier, a lot of questionables on the injury reports for both teams. But nonetheless, Saints at the Rams, two teams with the same record, both teams trying to stay in the playoffs. I'll go first. This one's pretty simple for me. Uh, I'm going to Rams here because that this team is just playing a, a really good, really good ball. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like this team. Uh, but and nonetheless, I am picking the Rams because I want that belt. So, Jameson, I already penciled you in, but do you yeah. have anything you want to say? If I could put my entire, like, <laughs> if I could wager something on my on my pickums, like all of my current wins go into this your dog? one win, or if I lose, then I lose all of my wins in the win column. I would still put all 40 of my wins on this game for the Rams. Now, this would be hilarious if the Saints won. <clears throat> I think but not, I actually but I have really. to I have to root for the Rams cuz I pretty much have to root for them <laughs> to, for the 6th seed so then we can get at the 7th seed. I can't I can't, can't have You can't be under us at the 7th seed if we're tied. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, so yeah. I so yeah, so I I pretty much have to root for the Rams to just like win all their games. And then every team that, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the only reason I didn't go flawless last week is because I faded the Saints as per usual, and that trend is not going to stop here. Uh, yep. I, I am kind of stuck in a spot where it's like you put the Rams in a pick em and you put the Saints in a pick em and they play each other. So, obviously, when those two forces collide, I'm going to pick the Rams and I'm going to fade the Saints. We're going Rams. That's right. Uh, Matt, what do you got? Oh, I'm just 100% taking the Rams. I think they're on the up. I don't know what the Saints are. Nobody does. That team plays so inconsistent. They don't know what they are. They don't know what they are. And it's I think not even at home to give like a potential yeah. little you know tease there. You know, half yeah, a no, point I, favorite there, whatever. Right, right. That does help them a little bit. Uh, I'll just also include the Rams only have their record in a, it because of the, my earlier point. It's injury related. The Saints have their record because they suck. Well, also, um, you look at the Rams schedule versus the schedule that we talked about all preseason in the beginning, again. didn't they? Yeah, the well, Rams. The whole preseason conversation about the Saints was: look at the quarterbacks that they play this year, and they yep. have the same record as the Rams. And uh, also, as Matt mentioned, some injuries here and there. Uh, the Rams are better than their record, and the Saints are worse than their record. So the Rams are going to win this football game. Bingo. All right. Uh, so we are, seeing, we're gonna we're gonna add in Mike's here yeah. as we go. I I'm he's filling it out right now. Okay. So perfect. So we'll just stay on the bottom here and snake back up. Matt, we got the Lions at the Vikings. I do not like this game, but I really like the Lions. Uh, Hawkinson may get some. He may get his little revenge uh, on his team here, but the Lions are just gonna outscore him. Um, Nick Nick Mullins is not uh, Jared Goff, and uh, that Lions offense is healthy. And loaded and I'm indoors, taking. yes, indoors. Both uh, Lions, by the way, indoors. Holy crap! I mean, I know that they've won 10 games, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but uh, I believe they've only lost one indoor game, yeah. Well, I mean, that was the whole like Jared Goff conversation mm-hmm. from last week's uh, you mm-hmm. know, I was like, well, let's let's see Jared Goff when he can play inside, which is not necessarily a good thing for him, but when a game is played indoors, that Lions team looks pretty unstoppable. Um, so I guess I'll just insert myself here and also say I am going to go with the Lions. Um, Perfect. It feels like the Vikings magic has also just kind of run out 
Um, yeah. And and the Lions are kind of like, okay, let's stop messing around here. We actually need to win these football games. So yeah, I'm gonna roll with the Lions here. Yep, I'm gonna roll with the Lions as well. And I'm I'm I don't got much to add, so I'll just keep moving on there. Lions. So currently, we are picking the same, folks. All right, Jaguars at the Bucks. Obviously, the Trevor Lawrence situation. This team not playing as well as they should be, being kind of you know hit or miss, streaky. Bucks obviously. As Matt had said, Baker Mayfield played his best game of his career, played his, a perfect game. Like, you can't even really argue with it. Perfect passer rating, made history at Lambeau Field. Um, I'll go first here. Oh, I really am. This is a one I'm struggling to pick. I agree. This is a hard one. This might be the one that I struggle the most to pick because the Bucs have lost games they shouldn't, won games they should have. Same thing with the Jaguars. But in this case, I think I'm going to go with coach I trust more. And for me, that's Doug Peterson than Todd Bowles. So I'm going to go with the Jags. Understandable. All right, Jameson. Um, How you feeling? I, here's the thing. Part of the reason I dropped some of these pickums is because I'm like, I'm going to, you know, go with my heart. And honestly, right now, my gut kind of tells me to, to go with the Bucks because of how they're playing we you know we talked about it quite a bit to start off the episode here and i do believe all of those things but i also think that it would be pretty catastrophic for the jags to go on a three-game losing skid at this point in the season and so if i believe the jags to be the team that they are this season they're gonna win this football game so i'm gonna go with the jags i don't love it but that's how I'm feeling. Yeah, I don't either. And I don't really is, love it this either. This is a game that I would not be surprised. It opens up and it's like 17 to 3 bucks and it just keeps going from there. And then the Jags keep doing what we've seen them do, which is turn the ball over. They were missing field goals this last week. Um so I'm hoping for another week to get Trevor Lawrence a little healthier. Um and also I'm just going to be rooting for the Jags also. Um on top of just, you know, having rooted for them all season, I kind of need the Bucks to take a step back for a second here and be like, okay, well, let's let's knock some more of these teams that are in that seven seven realm down. Uh, so I'm going to go with Jags, but I don't love it. I don't. All right, Matt, how about you? the The Jaguars are one of two teams uh, that is leading their division and has a better away record than a home record. Okay, this is the same state though. Five and one. Yeah, oh, five and one away from home. I'm just saying. And yeah. So it, tra- the, the, the but they travel, travel very well. But the travel is not. That but big it's, still, not a, it's still a crowd thing, too. Yeah. No, I, I, I know. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, but th- this is I, it's actually um, I was going to say it's the same equivalent as the Steelers traveling to the Colts in terms of drive time and all that and distance. Um. It's the same same amount of distance, six hours. Um, but uh, that said, the line on this or uh, the line on this is plus one on the Bucks. It is um, the over unders at forty three and a half. The Jaguars cannot score points right now, and it is something the Bucks uh, have struggled at times to do, but have been doing much better lately. Um. Uh, Overall, I just I, I, I can't sit here all 
episode long and praise the Bucks and then take this one away from them, and I'm not gonna. I'm going Bucks here. I'm gonna zag. All right. I I I just like where they're at, and I'm gonna keep saying that I like where they're at. Um, I'm jumping on this train. I I will not be shocked if Mike also takes them. So hopefully we'll get his stuff in before. Perfect. All right, Jameson, we'll have you go first here. Next one, we got the Cowgirls at the Dolphins. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take the Dolphins. The boy. They're playing in Miami. That's that. They're just, we've seen <laughs> the Dolph, we've seen the Cowboys rather play good teams, and it has not turned out very well for them. Um, and Dolphins kind of back on, uh, on, you know, their A game right now. I don't know the status of Tyreek is going to be going into this game when he kind of jacked sure up his ankle a couple weeks ago. It was, it was weird, but again, yeah, we don't know if it matters. I mean, Jalen Waddle had a crazy game. Mostert's tearing it up on the ground again, which by the way, the rest of the season is going to be a really fun competition to watch CMC versus Mostert for that touchdown. I think that whether they both at 20 right now, 20 pretty yep. absurd. Um, so that'll be a fun competition to watch. And I think the Dolphins are kind of, you know, Mike McDaniel's smelling blood a little bit. He's like, okay, we're, we're finally here at this point in the season. We're relatively healthy. Um, let's just try to make this happen. And I, yeah, I just don't see the firepower from, from the Cowboys in this kind of game. Um, they'll, they'll come out and they'll need to win this game, the Cowboys will, just to like prove a point. I just don't think they can do it. I don't think the Cowboys can prove points. I know I'm second up here. Uh, the Cowboys are three and four on the road. They travel very poorly. Um, can't put up points on the road as we watched this last week. And uh, I think that was a confidence just destroyer for the Cowboys. Um, I am going to take the Dolphins at home. I The only thing that would make me second guess this, I, you know, we pick a lot of times we pick these games so early in the week. It's hard for us. And, and this is that scenario. Uh, I said earlier the Dolphins' entire offensive line mispracticed today, so uh, that could make me reconsider. Tyreek is playing in this game, um, which, by the way, you guys see the game Waddle had without Tyreek. Yep. Uh, yeah, dude. I I I went on. I had a I had that fantasy football page that I helped moderate. Went on there and uh, and just blew up some conversations. And I'm like, if you are not starting Waddle this week with Tyreek out, you are out of your mind. Uh, dude's gonna have a day. So uh, hopefully, it helps some people in their playoffs. Uh, I I just think the Dolphins I are there. I want to say on the conversation that you guys brought up, by the way, CMC having the Commanders and the Rams potentially in the last two weeks if he gets to play against the Rams. Um, which I'm hoping he doesn't, but if he does, I think he's going to beat Mostert for touchdowns. I could see him easily getting four in the next three weeks. Um, Mostert's got some tough defenses he's playing. He's still got to play the Bills, uh, and he's got the Cowboys this week. So even though I'm picking the Dolphins, I, I don't necessarily think he's going to find uh, pay dirt as many times as CMC has the potential to. Uh, so, yeah, I think we swept the Dolphins there. That is a correct statement. Uh, yeah, Cowboys give me no reason to trust that they can win against a team that uh, is as good as them. So, I guess they did beat the Eagles about the division game, so it doesn't really count. All right, here it is. Christmas Day. We've got the Ravens at the 49ers. Uh, Matt, why don't you get out of the way and go first? Well, I, I already put Mike down as the 49ers. 
I, I just yeah. I just there's think. no way he's not picking him. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. I I think this is going to be a great game. I genuinely believe that. I have this 27-23 for the 49ers. Um, and I mainly and and again, I I, I feel so bad bringing it up. I Keaton Mitchell being gone is a big deal, and it makes it loses a dimension for uh, uh for the Ravens. Uh, the Niners don't have to stack box uh against that run game. And I, I think that that will obviously help them. Um, if Armstead and Hargrave are in this game, uh, it may not be as close uh, if they're both playing. I, I will, I, and I, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Ravens. I really believe my 49ers that much, but also um, losing Mitchell is a big deal for the Ravens. We cannot ignore that. Uh, they do not have uh, somebody with that second gear. God bless Gus Edwards. Uh, he's a great piece and great veteran piece to that backfield. But if he's starting against 49ers, uh, this, this could get uglier for them uh, in certain uh, things. If certain things happen, like if they're putting them back on their heels, I don't think Lamar is going to beat the Niners with his arm. And uh, the Niners defense this year has been able to contain running quarterbacks quite well. So uh, I just... I like the Niners here. Keaton Mitchell uh, is a big loss uh, for them. And uh, they are I think they're going to struggle a little bit in the next three games to figure out how to replace him. All right. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, I'm going Ravens just out of principle for the most part um, because I don't like your team, Matt. But also... That's a stupid way to, to like make picks, by the way. That's fine. Okay. Uh, you, you, you pick against my team because you don't like my team. No, I think your team sucks. They're 500. Like, what? Yeah. But also, you you pick against them just to pick against them. No. What are you talking about? I don't pick against your team just to pick against your team. But I I'm literally don't. The the Ravens are the best team to get into the quarterback. They can put Brock Purdy on his butt. He won't have a chance. To we get have the, all five starting offensive linemen healthy. That doesn't... Okay, the, the, the Ravens have also taken care of business against really good offensive linemen. Offensive lines. They, 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 they 100% have not played this. They've played against really good offensive linemen. They played against some good offensive linemen. I don't know it's if they played. I don't know if they played against a first ballot Hall of Famer this year, but they played against a. Uh, mm, some they good probably have played against a first ballot Hall of Famer. Possibly, there might yeah. have been one. But okay, all I'm saying is that this defense is really good, <laughs> I just and I just I would just imagine that there is going to be less just uh, wide open, um, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey touchdowns like when he just leaks out of the backfield. I just or I don't. Debo. Yeah, I just like don't. Like that one too. I, I don't. Ridiculous. It's just yeah. It's it's dumb. I mean, most of the Niners, they, they they a lot of their scores happen because someone is just wide open, um, and a lot of that is scheme, but also just playing against. I mean, they got the guys. They got they got the guys, but also like I don't think anything that happened against the Cardinals was impressive because it's the freaking Cardinals. Yeah, I agree. Like, like anybody you know, that's making a big deal out of that game is dumb. Like all 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 the yeah. No, as a 49er fan, is somebody who watches them astutely. Uh, the fact that they didn't score over 50 is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, and the like Cowboys like, lost to that team, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yes, they Bingo. did. Bingo. Yes, they did. Bring it back to the Cowboys hate. Atta boy. Um, no, I just, I'm just going to pick the Ravens um, mainly because, yeah, I want that. So I'm willing it into existence. Ravens, baby. That's fine. Oh, yeah. If I get another one well, on you, I'm good with that. Yeah. Well, I did promise a perfect week, so I'm picking the 49ers here um, <laughs> because they're just a better team top to bottom. I do think on the defensive side for Baltimore, Kyle Hamilton's like a pretty special player Heck against yeah. this kind of team. 
I, I think like with his size, that could maybe cause some problems for guys like Debo or CMC out of the backfield because uh, he's not Geno Stone. Geno Stone's um, a baller too. In that that secondary. Yeah, that that Ravens team is great. But here's the thing: uh, I just watched the Rams take them to overtime and basically shoot themselves in the foot and then allow a punt return yep. for a touchdown to close that game in Baltimore in overtime. And the 49ers are a much better team than the Rams are even right now. And um, they're just rolling. And I don't, I just don't see a world where right now, especially like give the Ravens a couple of weeks, um, they'll kind of be fine. Um, again, that first week losing a guy in your backfield I, I don't really always feel great, especially for the start of right. the next game. And you can't really afford to start off slow against the Niners because they're just going to boat race you. Um, but yeah. I also selfishly would love for the 49ers to win this game because that gives me as a Rams fan, when I'm looking at week 18, hey, <laughs> they took care of business. They won a game that was going to be tough, right. but they got it out of the way. If they lose a game like this to the Ravens, they might not necessarily be like as privy to rest in week 18 and so selfishly right. uh, I, I'm going to pick the Niners because I, I want them to win so we can potentially just steal that week 18 game but I also just do think top to bottom they're better they're healthier does I don't care where this game is played they could play it on Mars I unfortunately would take the Niners yeah the, uh, and I didn't realize when when I was looking at the schedule early in the season like this kind of hit me that that this game was in San Francisco like I was like oh that's awesome. I, it, like, I just saw it a couple weeks ago. And yeah. I, just in my head, I don't know why I thought it, always, it was there. It, it is hilarious, though, the, the back and forth of being an NFL football fan. I have rooted for the Seahawks two weeks in a row because it benefited my team. Jameson has uh, rooted for, uh, or sorry, twice in the last month. My bad, not two weeks in a row. Um, but Jameson <laughs> has rooted for... Uh, or it will be rooting for the 49ers this week, knowing that his team has to play him in two weeks and because he wants them to rest. It's just so funny. The things that we have to cheer for, mm -hmm. how it week to week well, changes and, then, and, then and how it benefits the part your of me team. Goes, I need you guys to lose this game. So that way that week 18 game, potentially yeah. it's competitive. It's yeah. Like, you need us to lose. Jameson needs us to win because you need a competitive game in week 18. You need the Niners to put the Rams away. So you make yeah. the playoffs yeah. now. Yeah. The best now, part with about the, this is the MVP conversation because yeah. you have, in my opinion, the top two MVP guys playing in this game, Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson. You mean Christian McCaffrey and Brock Birdie? No, Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson are playing. You mean the, him. you mean the quarterback who's leading every statistical category, not named passing the yards, the quarterback who, who has the like second most yards, but also the least amount of pass attempts. Yeah. Shows shows no, hey, it's so no, awesome. Hey, I, shows hey. shows shows exactly what how did you see the throw of the Debo on the back shoulder this week? Hey, did you watch the bucket drop on your defensive player who didn't even get to play football this week because it got embarrassed so bad? Did you see yeah, week after it. week after week? Did Brock you see Purdy my make amazing I decisions? See them, I see them constantly ah. wide open. Did you see yeah. my text at the beginning of the week when I said Congrats. Brock Purdy is leading the MVP conversation? Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah. He is. He, but he 100%. Listen, I'm going to say this because know, I'm salty. The I'm media, because I'm salty. The, the award for most valuable player and award. who is actually the uh, most valuable player are two different things. I think we all believe that CMC is that most valuable player. Who, who would you rather, who, as I say, who would you rather if someone went down, if you had to pick one star player between CMC or Brockford to go down for the season, who would you? 
You guys are going to hate me when I say You're going to say Brock. I'm, I'm going to say CMC. You'd rather have. I'd rather have CMC go down than Brock Purdy. Your quarterback's just too important. Like I, I, I would can, actually agree. I would. Actually I can agree. replace a higher percentage of what CMC is in our offense, be with Debo and Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell, than I can replace Brock Purdy with Sam Darnold. Can't do it. Like if you were just asking me straight up, I'd rather all, lose all, CMC. All, all I'm going to say. Yeah. All I'm going to say this is not me being salty. This is just straight up. We're we're not going to see a quarterback this year get forty touchdowns no. and forty five thousand yards. I don't know where I don't know where Brock's at in terms of. Uh, Tua like is at thirty. Uh, Tua is at thirty nine something. Uh, Brock's right at the thirty eight marker, just under it. Like, actually, we're not going to see a forty touchdown, forty five hundred yard. I mean, maybe no. Tua might get forty. No, if there was any year to give it to a non quarterback this, this year, it's absolutely and and, and I don't know how you can justifiably Tyra. say today if if we're taking. I I don't know how you can say it's not CMC. I don't understand. Like yeah, I am a, I'm a total, I, I love much, Brock all day, but it's CMC. Like yeah. he's going to hit, tw- he's probably going to hit 2,300 scrimmage yards. Yeah. Like, he's going to score 24 touchdowns. This is LaDainian Tomlinson numbers. Yeah. So like this is ridiculous. I, is I think, I think he, he has a very good case. We, for the first time in a long time, have a good case for someone other than a quarterback yeah. to win MVP. Now, he, again, if the Niners, what if, what if Brock wins week, offensive player of the year? What's that? What if Brock wins Offensive Player of the Year and CMC wins? That'd be awesome. I mean, that, I would feel better about that because Offensive it. Player I'd of the Year, I'm looking, I'm looking at the numbers a little bit more in the Offensive Player of the Year category, personally. Because he would have dominated his position. Exactly. Owning all those number one spots at his position. Not, exactly. that, not that CMC won't. He literally could win yeah. them both. I, like, I, I'm just saying, CMC I mean, having same that Same year. thing with Lamar. Like, again, if, if the Niners somehow lay an egg or Lamar has a really big game, because uh, we know, like, Lamar, mm-hmm. you can't really just look at his, like, passing numbers when we're gauging how valuable no, he is to that team. Because I think you'd be shocked. I, I don't know if you looked at it, but he's at, he's they're, at like, 31, yeah, they're 31 not as bad as you They're not as bad as you would think, but people who are just taking that with no but, other context of but what his, else But his passing yards are only at 3190 right now. Like, he's not... Him and Jalen are both not passing incredibly well, right? He's or 31. He's at just 3,100. He's at 17 touchdowns, seven interceptions. I don't think Lamar is in the conversation personally. I know how you feel in terms of what he does for the team and his team has is tied for the best record in the league. So uh, the justification, the arguments there, but numerically, I, he's behind Brock Purdy. Like he's in the, in, he should be behind Brock Purdy in the MVP case. Uh, I, I mean, right now, Lamar Jackson is second in the MVP. He should be third. He should be. Third. Did you go CMC Brock and then Lamar? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Well, I I would agree that CMC is is still the guy, but since everybody wants to put Brock Purdy in there again, what is the betting favorite? Who might win the award is different from who we think should win the award. They have it as Brock, yeah. Lamar, Josh Allen, Dak, and then CMC, which I don't agree with. Obviously, that's insane. Um, but I'm just saying, like for. For where the odds are, you have the top two MVP candidate quarterbacks going against each other. If Lamar goes on the road, has a really good game against Brock Purdy, who maybe wavers a little bit, that's going to flip, C- whether we agree or not. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to say this about CMC and, and his case. Um, legitimately, I believe, I believe this, that it will be somewhere between five and ten years before you see somebody do what he's about to do in terms of overall scrimmage yards and touchdowns combined 
uh, at the running back position, you're not going to see anybody. This is a generational talent. You are not going to see anybody hit the scrimmage yards on top of. I get Mostert got all those touchdowns uh, on the close ins and all that. Like he doesn't have the yards and all that mm-hmm. to compete. Plus he's dealt with injuries and all that crap too. But and and God bless him. I mean, like he's had some great games. But I CMC the combined is just historic. Uh, he's going to be the 17 game. I uh, like he's going to put the threshold. He's he, this is the bar for the now the 17 game schedule. You have to beat CMC. That's the bar. We had Jim Brown was the you know the guy that set the bar for the 14 game seasons. Like uh, absolutely, and he held those records for literally you know two decades uh, before guys it came in and and uh, and did that right before we went to the 16 game schedule. Uh, I sorry, decade and a half. Um, but like yeah. You're you're legitimately seeing a generational talent. He will be remembered in those types of names. Like you're you're going to when you think about the greatest running backs of all time. If CMC continues in this, we're going to put him in the Barry Sanders conversation. We're going to talk about him with Emmett Smith and Jim Brown. Mm-hmm. Like he's genuinely, win. he's got yep. you guys got to do it. We have to do it. Like I'm so I don't it, get that emotional that often, year, but we might not have to for a while. It it has to happen. This I, has to be the year. This has so. I haven't said this to you guys. I it has been 29 years. Oh, I'm aware. I I no no I'm 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 giving my personal. This is it's been 29 <laughs> years. I've watched my team lose two Super Bowls, but 29 years ago, I was 10 years old, turning 11 that year, and I watched oh, I them dominate the Chargers. I uh, you know at my house with a bunch of friends over, and I and I never put down the red and gold ever again. Like, you know, I'm wearing, I'm wearing a little bit of red and gold today on the shoes, but I got the black hat on today, um, as I do often. But my son is 10 years old. He is turning 11, and his favorite player in the NFL is Christian McCaffrey. My favorite player was Jerry Rice, and it has been 20 freaking nine years. I am ready to hand off the mantle to my son and let him get to enjoy uh, a Super Bowl and to enjoy that experience of falling in love with football is the first year he played football. That was the first year I played football. Uh, so for me, I feel like the football gods are setting me up personally. I know there's a lot of other fans out there, but this one for me, just this is my story. So I'm I am really hopeful for so many reasons that this is it. Respectfully, I, I, long respectfully, I hope that doesn't happen. I understand, but I genuinely well, uh, James is more cold because I was in the same way you're empathetic so you're gonna jump well, on here and, and you love and my son so. i do love your son but i was that's the, the part i was gonna say is like i want your team to lose because that'd be great like i wanted the rams to lose when it was like going sure. all out for this year and if they didn't win that would just be hysterical because then they would you you know but that was the part i was like well if they if they win then i'm at least i'm happy for yeah for matt i or my I'm, boss sure sure who who texts me after every single win by the way he started uh, that to me too. And it's he, me nuts. he he texts me bang bang every single time. Um, but no, I I have not said that on the podcast or or necessarily even to you guys. But I do have that story going for me personally, and I would just love to to hand that off to my son. So uh, by the way, uh, if the Forty ers make it to the Super Bowl, I've already promised him a Christian McCaffrey jersey. That's that's absolutely happening. I want one of the custom ones though that just says CMC on the back. Like, I, I love those ones. So, um, I know we're going to wrap up. I want to just hit uh, two quick things. 
Um, this is when I lose my mind when it comes to fantasy football and I start doing things that most people would not do and making insane decisions and also screwing over people in my leagues. It's what I do. Um, but right now, I was just looking at it. Um, so I picked up uh, Samira White, made sure I had him. I have Spears that I picked up to sit behind Henry just in case. I have a sneaking hunch, you guys, that after King Henry's comments and how well his game went last week, Spears may start. And honestly, I, I don't know if Henry's going to play against the Seahawks. I know he's healthy, but they got to look forward. And this is the end of his contract. I don't think he's going to play. So I have brought in Spears uh, in part because uh, the Seahawks suck at stopping the run. Um, and also... It all changes uh, this week. Sure, it doesn't. Um, also, I'm a hater. like genuinely, I think Spears might get uh, the volume. Uh, sneaky pick you might want to think about. Waller just got activated at tight end. And if you are looking for a guy to play for a game or two, uh, just so happens that uh, Waller gets to play Philly uh, this coming week. If you are in an 18-week league, you're going to get Philly again. And in between that, you have the Rams. Sorry, I said Waller got activated this week. He got activated last week, but he's going to be a full go this week. Um, he gets to play the Rams. The Rams are giving up third most points to tight ends. Uh, Philly is a top 10 surrendering uh, in surrendering points to tight ends. Uh, that is a dude that you should maybe look at if you're desperate for a play and you've got a tough matchup with your guy. I mentioned earlier that I am debating Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson. Still have not made a decision on that um, going into this week. Uh, I, I have a lot of faith in my 49er defense, obviously, so I'm a little scared there. Um, but I have done a few other things. Here's one that a lot of people are not thinking of. I'm going to give this to you guys as well. I'm not in the playoffs, so. Uh, you suck at fantasy football. Um, no, my team sucks. Yeah. Well, I, am, I am a good fantasy drafter. <laughs> my team sucks. You are, no, you're a good fantasy drafter. I would say that. Um, so over the last five weeks, there has been one team in the NFL who has had seven or more points in all of their games. And in the last three has been in double digits on their defense. That is the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Bears this Ayo. week are taking on Arizona, uh, who is a gray matchup. If you look at the colors on Yahoo, uh, they're 13th in terms of surrendering points. But if you look at the amount of points they've surrendered um, in the last six weeks, even with Kyler back, it's been quite a bit to defenses. 49ers have scored, obviously, healthily on them this week, including a pick six from Ward. So uh, I am starting the Bears across all of my, all three of my playoff teams this week um, against Arizona. And then if you keep them for the following week, they're playing Atlanta. And this week, Taylor Heineke is playing quarterback for Atlanta. Who the heck knows who's going to be playing quarterback uh, it sounds like a Heineke. Or if their head coach is going to be still there, all that stuff. Um, so, I yeah, it does sound like it's Heineke on the way out for the season, but uh, that could be a sneaky option for you. If you're wanting to hose people as well from the kicker standpoint, Matt Gay, grab him uh, from Indy. Uh, probably going to be in the double digits. He's playing Atlanta this week. That's a fantastic matchup. 
Uh, and then the week after, they've got Vegas. Um, Vegas has been giving up points consistently. Matt Gay, three games in a row, uh, has uh, made uh, uh, double digits, uh, the three games that he's played in. So, like, I absolutely would go start him. He has, I believe, the second most double-digit games of any kicker in the league, and he is available in, like, 60% of the leagues right now, 40 to 60%, depending on what format you use what website you're, uh, is hosting your stuff. So go start, guys. A couple of things I just want to remind everybody of. When it comes to your dudes, start your dudes. If Tyreek's playing, and he is, start Tyreek. Pukadukua is playing New Orleans this week. Guess how scared I am to start him? Not at all. Not at all. I'm starting. I'm not worrying about it. T- uh, Jonathan Taylor playing against Atlanta this week. I'm not worried about starting him. And this is why. Because teams, when they're playing those tough defense on those positions, they end up highlighting one specific dude, and it's always their stud. It's always their stud. They're going to try and figure out a way to get Tyreek the ball in Miami. They're going to try and figure out uh, a way to get Jonathan Taylor involved in that offense in one facet or another because their offense is predicated around the success of that individual. So don't get gun shy just because you got red matchups. Uh, And if there's extenuating circumstances, okay, I understand. I'm looking at one with Lamar uh, this week myself, and, and I'm trying to figure this out. But for the most part, start your guy and absolutely go with it. Don't pansy out. I'm not worried about starting Josh Jacobs against Kansas City. Again, I grab Zamir White in case he's a no-go. I'm not worried about starting Kyron Williams against New Orleans. I'm going with it. That guy's a baller. Like He beats people up, and he just chews up points. I laugh the fact that some of these leagues still are, are uh, saying Kyron Williams is likely to score under 15. That is ridiculous. He's literally only scored under 15 in games that he was injured uh, or he was playing a Philadelphia run defense, which is very good. Um, so <laughs> I'm not worried about him at all. I uh, Just go with it. The last one before we go, Eckler. This is the conversation. He has screwed over so many people uh, this year, being inconsistent, especially like this last week a whole lot of people who were in a first round playoffs situation. He's going against Buffalo this week. Um, and this team's playing for nothing, but Eckler at home has averaged 14 and a half points. Eckler on the road has averaged 9.8. Go with Eckler this week because they're at home and the Buffalo run defense is okay. It's not elite. Uh, if you look at what the Cowboys were able to do, still basically put up 100 yards, even though they were trying to chuck balls in that game uh, to catch up. So don't worry about that. Go with Eckler this week. I know that people are going to be like, you're insane. That guy screwed me over. I understand. Just listen to the numbers. Go with the numbers on this one. And uh, trust me, I, I will not steer you wrong. Plus, Eckler plays better night games than he does day games. So there's that too. All right. That's everything I got for you on the fantasy end. I uh, hope that you all do well in your fantasy leagues, unless you're in one with me, and then I hope you uh, suck and have a horrible day. But uh, we have an incredible Christmas weekend coming up. We got football Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, three games on Monday, ending with the big one. Uh, so we hope that your football experience is awesome and you have a great week and enjoy the NFL. We're going to get great Christmas just in general. Yep. And great Christmas in general. We hope that Santa visits your home. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hope that you stop lying to your children when they're in third grade. That's that should be the cutoff point in my my opinion. Because it gets weird. Believing. When you're in fourth grade, it's weird. Wait, wait, no, sorry. Third grade is when they told me that he was real. Yeah. Okay. Third grade, that's when you're what, turning ten? 
I think double digits is like the cutoff. Uh, nine. You're nine. Nine's the cutoff. No, I, nine I would... is third grade. Oh. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, they're, they're, I think. I think they met. Maybe. In, maybe some of the kids hit ten. Yeah. My. I, my I son's think whenever in fifth you grade, hit double 11. digits is where it's like, all right, you know. Yeah. When we, well, yeah, when we were pro, Max was nine. He was approaching ten. Did he figure it out himself? Kind of, and kind of he kind of was like, uh, and then we told him, and he goes, "He's not real." We're like, "No," and he goes, "Hmm," and he's like, "So why did you tell me that he was?" That was his take. Yeah, and we were like, "Well, because it's a fun game that parents play, and you know, yada yada yada." Don't tell your sister. I get it. That makes sense. Okay, and we're like, "Let her enjoy it a little was- longer." So now I, he just I, like winks at us from across the room whenever we talk about Santa or what Santa's gonna get her. It's funny. He like he's like, and then he he's been telling her he goes, Santa only gets you one gift anyway, and it's yeah, not. That's that how it was in my family. Yeah. Santa got one, not all of them. When Santa doesn't give out good stuff in my family, parents get credit for good gifts. Hmm. Forget there Santa. There you go. We're spending fifty bucks. It's from mom and dad. Yeah, socks. That's Santa. Yeah, so, Santa gets blankets and stuffed animals and that kind of crap. But uh, we got to call it an episode right there. We hope you guys have an incredible Christmas. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're going to be picking bowl games. I haven't told you guys that. Uh, we will be doing some college bowl pick them, uh, throwing Should that into it. Hey, we're, it's going to go great. Don't worry about it. Um, so hope you guys have a great NFL weekend. Great Christmas. Merry yada, Christmas. Yada. Merry Bye-bye. Christmas.